Happy Monday, y'all. It's time for the Robert Scott Bell Show. Crank it up our broadcast week. Well, yesterday, technically. But here we go on our weekday live program. I'm excited to announce that Julie Whitman-Klein returns today to spark your interest if you haven't figured out how awesome it is. The Health Freedom Expo, the virtual version, is coming up the 18th and 19th of this month. You want to plug in for sure. We'll talk also about some updates at Trinity School of Natural Health, a big startup to the uh, class schedule today. And uh, in hour two, let's talk poop. <laughs> uh, look, S Super Don and I snicker about it, but it's also very important when we talk about the health of anybody. Can you eliminate? Uh, Rochelle Dardano is going to be joining us in hour two. And she's amazing. And we've got internalwisdom.com. That's what we're going to talk about that as well. Also, ovarian cancer. Should you just have your uh, fallopian tubes removed, ladies? Yeah, you know what I think about that. We'll cover that in a whole lot more. And first up, denialism. Who's uh, who's arguing that uh, you or me or we are in a state of denial or who is in a state of denial? Let's cover that next on the Robert Scott Bell Show as Super Don cranks it up right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. Happy and grateful to be back on the air. We uh, had another episode of our Sunday radio broadcast that included some interviews I did a couple of weeks ago that were only available up until yesterday uh, to our patron supporters. So thank you all for doing that, supporting us, and having direct access to a lot of behind-the-scenes things. Uh, we haven't set up our AMA for the month yet, but stand by. We will. It is February. It is the 6th of February, in fact, for those listening or watching live at robertscottbell.com slash listen. There's a chat room there. I will check it out when I get a moment to pause to do so. Uh, but we got a lot to cover today. Uh, Julie Whitman-Klein from Trinity School of Natural Health and the Trinity Health Freedom Expo going to join us in the first hour. Then we're going to talk about digestive health, elimination as well with a new guest coming up. Uh, you can check it out in the show notes at robertsgabbell.com. You'll see it there. Uh, first of all, the term uh, denialism, denialism. Now, I first heard this term, you know, you're a denialist. Uh, and I don't mean an accusation uh, to me necessarily, but yeah, that's happened uh, regarding, well, Holocaust denialism. You've heard that. People that deny it existed, it happened, whatever. Listen, I don't have a problem um, even debating or discussing nuances of what happened or what didn't happen during what was called the Holocaust of the 20th century in Nazi Germany uh, and the numbers of people that were dead. I mean, I think those are all things that are up legitimately for discussion. That's okay. Uh, but to deny that it happened, that becomes uh, problematic, especially when we have people that have uh, survived it, lived through it. In fact, Friday's guest, Vera Sharab, a survivor of that. But other things have been used in terms of the term denial and denialism over the course of my broadcast career and before it. Uh, and, and related to uh, AIDS, for instance, AIDS denialism. You, if, if you've been with me a long time, you've certainly heard about accusations, and that has been made to me and uh, friends that I have, including, uh, uh, well, Professor Peter Duesberg, and uh, let's see who else, uh, Harvey Bialy, uh, David Rasnick, um, Celia Farber, Liam Sheff, the late great Liam Sheff, others that have simply questioned the cause of what is known as AIDS or you know, immune collapse, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. 
And now we're finding more out about uh, AIDS not being caused by, guess what, a retrovirus or HIV being somewhat irrelevant if you have a fully functioning, what, metabolic cellular system. In other words, you have health and you lack it, then the immune system collapses and you're like, oh, no, no, it has to be a retrovirus. It was created in Africa or in a lab or on and on. It could, could be all of those things. But at the same time, my focal point is how do we restore integrity to cellular metabolic functions and immune health, regardless of what you think causes immune collapse? But the idea that you could, you know, let's say, um, question the cause of AIDS and then be considered a denialist, I think it, it'd be more accurate to say we're HIV denialists. That is, we hear, I hear, I am here to say that HIV is not the cause of AIDS. It's never been. And, and yet, it's not as controversial as it once was. At the same time, that, that ugly term of denialist or denialism was thrown at me and others. Why? Because it, it's so horrific to deny that, you know, millions of people were killed or not. They weren't killed during the Holocaust, whether it be Jewish, gay, gypsy, whatever, uh, infirm in any way, handicapped, you name it, they were killed. Uh, sure, not everybody was killed. Some escaped. Some were uh, ushered out to safety by brave Germans who violated their government's edicts to turn over the Jews, right? All of that. And so, it, you know, to deny something, it, it, it isn't an automatic grounds of dismissal because there's certainly things you can deny that you are an addict, right? You, if you know somebody who's an alcoholic and they're in a state of denialism, oh, I'm not, I can handle the liquor. I can just have one drink and two drinks and that leads to four, six or eight. So I'm not saying that denying something or being in denial uh, is not possible. But as it's used and thrown out in terms of health and healing, denialism is, is used to basically shut down debate and discussion. And this article from the Brownstone Institute talks about that. Denialism, a woke way to stifle dissent. And speaking of the term woke or hashtag woke, uh, and th here's the article, Superdon's putting it up. I just saw today on Twitter that Bill Maher was trending, the guy from HBO's, uh, is it real time? He used to have Politically Incorrect. And we've featured his, his uh, uh, some of his things over the years here. He's been very accurate on things when it comes to big pharma and big food, things like that. We, of course, have disagreements with him on other things, but I've never been one to say, hey, because I disagree with Maher on this, this, and this, I will never watch him again. Yet th those are there are people that cancel folks like that because they don't like uh, something that they thought they liked, now they don't like, and they say, I cancel you. I, I will never watch you again. And I just looked, as, as I was seeing in the, in the trends on Twitter for Bill Maher, I saw one of the, um, the threads was, I will never listen to Bill Maher again. And this was coming from woke leftists. I just have to say it like it is. These were people that consider themselves liberal or progressive or a combination of the two that said, I can't believe this Bill Maher. He's gone Republican. He's all for Trump. I'm like, really? Really? Is this the same guy that I've been watching that regularly bashes and trashes Republicans? And it's not to say that Republicans don't deserve to be bashed and trashed from time to time on issues. But we don't look at that in its totality and say, well, if you're an R, we dismiss you. If you're a D, we dismiss you wholeheartedly. But yet the people on the left right now, which is what he was talking about, the woke left, the revolution, and it relates to the so-called Twitter's red guard and its U.S. parallels, talking about the danger of a purity, uh, you know, test. Oh, you're not purely left enough, Bill Maher. We cancel you. And that was his point. He's been canceled by the right, the conservative right. Remember after 
And he said something very offensive about the terrorists are not the cowards. They were the ones that would fly into buildings. Now, I'm not getting into nuances of 9-11, but of course, it upset very much people on the right. and They canceled his show. So there was a uh, you know, cancel culture on the right and the left. But right now, it's playing itself and manifesting itself out in a horrific way on the left. And he was trying to point that out. He doesn't hate leftists and progressivists. He finds himself agreeing more with that than anything else, although he's claimed to be libertarian over the years as well. And I guess if you're a, a leftist, you have to hate libertarians too now in order to be pure and not to be in some state of denial. And so, I, you know, I watched this thread, um, tweet after tweet after tweet. Oh, I can never listen to this guy again. I hate him now. He hates us. It's like you jump right to hate. He's pointing out historical examples where cancel culture and wokeism in its various incarnations have led to disasters and death and 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 domination by one uh, aspect of a government takeover in a certain direction with no opposition whatsoever and he's pointing that out so that you know his inclination to be on the left side of the political fence is not totally denigrated and destroyed by those that take it so far out of the realm that they want a purity test and they want to cancel everybody, ban everybody, imprison everybody. On and on it goes who doesn't have this purity of their view, whether it be progressivism, leftism, et cetera. And so this is not an attack on all liberals that I say this any more than Bill Maher is attacking all liberals by pointing out, hey, there's a problem out there right now. And the question is, do you, because you don't want to self-reflect over something, you don't want to see that Marr has some level, level of intellectual integrity. And you may disagree with him, but argue it. Argue it. Now we go back into the uh, claims of denialism, the Brownstone Institute article by Thomas Buckley. As with misinformation, he says, labeling someone who disagrees with the current standard think as a denier has become, pardon the term, endemic among amongst the woke. COVID denier climate denier, election denier, science denier. Is that done to engage in discussion? No, it's done to end any discussion. It's to cause, call somebody crazy, insane, or, you know, hateful and disgusting simply because they don't agree hundred percent with what you believe to have occurred, you know, whether it be in the election, whether it be science related, climate related, et cetera. I have a lot of questions, as I pointed out, about those that claim climate change, which used to be called global cooling, which became the next ice age, which then became global warming, which then became, we're not sure what the temperature is doing. So let's just call it climate change. And it's all because of uh, man's activity on earth. And therefore we must starve and freeze people of the poorest among us out because they can't afford to access energy because those are saying uh, on right now, the, the, the climate uh, people, if you will, are saying that we must stop all fossil fuels and go to electric cars, for instance, or some form of electrical production, which is by and large produced by you know coal and burning the so-called fossil fuels. And if you believe in the uh, battery technology of Tesla and others now that they're all going to it, they're absolutely raping the planet with open pit mining to uh, scour the uh, precious minerals they call those rare earth minerals for batteries technology and then you've got windmills that are causing environmental problems and the batteries themselves once they're out of commission horrible toxicity and how much you know so-called fossil fuel do you have to burn to make them it makes no sense but if you are more invested in a religious or cult-like devotion to a belief in climate change and then what must be done 
despite the costs involved that could end up killing more people than the fossil fuel industry when left to pollute without abatement, which is another thing I bring up in terms of innovation in a free market to be able to burn those and find those fuels and burn them much more efficiently with far less pollution, unlike in communist China, unlike in the former Soviet Union where you had the centralized planning, bureaucracy, and communism, there was no environmental uh, concern at all. The open pits of putrid toxicity in those realms, in those areas, or the disaster of Venezuela and what happened. You you have no ability to afford anything, so you'll, you'll do anything. They'll cut down old growth forest in Europe because of the climate uh, uh, um, movement just to stay warm because they can't afford to burn the fuels that were accessible that they don't want to make accessible anymore. And there are people, some of whom I featured on the show, have shown great promise and proof of concept in turning wastelands, tar pits, and, 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 and old uh, discarded tires into fuel in an environmentally friendly way, yet, no, we can't allow that denialism then they, you've heard about gas stove denialism it's absolutely astonishing of course holocaust denier was the first to to utilize that and it was a, a point of i guess some level of accuracy in the face of amazing evidence that hey this really happened yet we can argue about some of the details sure that's not a problem but that doesn't mean you're denying it so if somebody says it wasn't six million jews i'm not going to say you're a denier I'm going to say, all right, well, what number do you think it is based on what? And we can talk about it. But I know there are people that don't want to have any discussion about that. But the use of the term denial and denialism and denier is not to engage in discussion and debate, to find out truth, to dig through facts that might be in dispute, but it's to shut down any dissent. So whether it be climate, election, science, Those who have tossed the term denier about are the same people that ignore, denigrate, and outright block any attempt to actually figure out what happened, for instance, in the COVID crazy three years we've been in. Do masks work? Apparently, most of the peer-reviewed medical literature says no, but if you say that that's possible that they don't work, what are you, a mask denier or a science denier? Despite the fact that we utilize science as our alibi, which is not religion of science, but scientific analysis. That could be argued and debated and should be. Or the COVID jabs and mRNA technology. For us uh, to say, you know what, this is a problem, even before we knew all the details of it. Are we science deniers? No, we've turned out to be actually correct. That the mRNA injections have been a disaster. They have not stopped transmission. They have not stopped hospitalization. They have created an entire generation of generations with cardiovascular events and the so-called died suddenly. A movement, if there's a movement and died suddenly. It is amazing. This term denialism, how much it stifles dissent and brings people into, you better better learn what you can't say or else you're going to be canceled or worse. And this is what is so disgusting and disappointing about the modern political left. And this is not an indictment on everybody because you know who you are. If you can see through that and go, yeah, no, I don't identify with that. Even if, you know, I have left leaning, uh, progressive ideas or whatever to do what they're doing in terms of accusing people of committing crimes, thought crimes for believing differently about something that is definitely in dispute. Oh no, no, there can be no dispute. You're denying the science. I am the science who says that, whether it be Hotez or Fauci or 
off it. Ego-driven maniacs willing to just sacrifice millions of lives on an agenda that's rooted in a religious or cult-like devotion rather than a scientific validation, which is never actually settled. Certain things we can go, yeah, we pretty much figured that out. Not a lot of controversy. You can try to challenge it, but there's always another layer to understand and go deeper on. And that includes issues like nutrition. If I am to say, which I have so many times over the years, that there is no such thing as a drug deficiency disease. Oh, you're a drug denier. <laughs> you're, you're a scientific drug denier. You hate the FDA. Well, I'm not a big fan of the FDA because the things they promote, those the things that they approve are the third leading cause of death, arguably the second or first, as I've said for so many years. And if I say that all of these issues that, that manifest as prescriptions for drugs could be rightfully first remedied by altering the nutritional intake of the so-called patient that is describing a number of different symptoms that may be defined or, or, or uh, diagnosed as syndromes or diseases. They can all be actually shown to be evidence of various vitamins, minerals, essential fats, protein deficiencies of things that are life-sustaining for metabolic cellular function at the deepest of deep levels. On top of that, it could be argued that they are toxicological burdens as well. And they're not mutually exclusive, including the idea that one could lead to worsening of the other. The more toxic heavy metals you're exposed to, the, the, the more depleted you become of key minerals that are used to protect against those toxic burdens. And then we've got the government that has so totally taken over our bodies and medicine, or it's been taken over by interest from the pharmaceutical industry that wants us all to believe and behave as if the, the ailments that we all suffer, whether we're rich or poor or in the middle, that those are all evidences of FDA drug deficiencies. In, and therefore, if you dare to put a product on the marketplace that is a vitamin, mineral, trace mineral, herb, homeopathic medicine that actually claims it can cure a disease, mitigate a disease, prevent a disease, you will be found in 24 hours or less, despite the fact that it took a decade that the, the government claimed it could take to find Osama bin Laden arguably not the mastermind of 9-11 and also arguably a CIA asset at some time in his career. And, and you believe that he was hiding in the caves of Tora Bora while on dialysis because he had kidney failure. I mean, it, it just, it just gets over. And which by the way, kidney dialysis, um, you know, resulting as a destruction of the excretory system, the liver primarily, then the kidneys, not evidence of a drug deficiency. In fact, many drugs can create liver and kidney failure over time. If not outright, Tylenol, we talk about liver failure. An over-the-counter drug, paracetamol if you're overseas somewhere else, but acetaminophen. It's approved by the FDA, by the way. Now it's over-the-counter. Sometimes they combine it with codeine. Remember those days? Ooh. So now we go to school lunches. It's like, how are we going to salvage the next generation that are largely... Uh, suffering as they uh, enter the age of maturity and adulthood, and they're now unable to have kids if they want them. Rising rates of infertility prior to even mRNA shots due to uh, toxicological burdens, nutrient deficiencies, exposures to xenoestrogens and pesticides and plasticizers, all of these things approved by the government. People still think the salvation of the future 
for poor people and hungry people is more government intervention, yet they would be made more toxic, though given some level of calories through subsidization. What am I talking about? School lunches, anyone? Anybody remember? I was going to the school schools in the 70s and the 80s, and we had mystery meat. I don't know if they still have it. At the time, we learned about soy burgers before we knew all of the nasty things about soy. We had USDA uh, uh, subsidized uh, milk and, and cheese. And who, who knows what else to make the school lunches super cheap. But were they organically grown? Were the cows ingest, inject, injected with uh, RBGST? Remember that? Recombinant bovine growth hormone. So it's it's functionally the same milk. It's all the same. Despite the fact that these, these cows were uh, suffering with immune deficiencies and infections at higher rates than others. Factory farm cows, for instance. So antibiotic-laden milks that you were drinking, hey, it was subsidized, it was cheap. But it was written out by dietitians, the lapdogs of the medical profession in terms of paying lip service to nutrition, but not actually acknowledging the role of toxic additions to food that once was just referred to on this planet as food. Now, if you want to find food, you have to, you have to, designate it with a, a, a an adjective organic food we're in france biologique wherever you are you might have a different word for it we now have to hyphenate our food because the food has become so contaminated genetically engineered modified and yet the are the registered dietitians that want to be called nutritionists because the nutritionists have a better uh, a pr than and the rds people figured out the rds are dunderheads when it comes to nutrition they are supported by the likes of Coca-Cola and PepsiCo and Nestle and all of these, uh, you know, what we call big agribusiness and big food, poisoning food, producing lots of it calorically, but not ideal in terms of vitamins, minerals, and trace minerals. In fact, the stuff they add in are synthetic anyway, a fortified now with, I don't know, rocks. <laughs> don't chew on it. You'll break your teeth, but Hey, at least you got fluoride in the water. So CNN Health is uh, reporting on this. Jen Christensen, uh, I guess the uh, reporter here, saying proposed changes to school lunches aim to reduce sugar and sodium, but flavored milk stays. Yep, what a great achievement. We're reducing some level of sugar and salt, but factory farmed cows, CAFO farms, producing milk that is being often highly pasteurized and homogenized altering the fat globules to create other problems in the vascular system, damaging the very nutrients that would be very available in organic, whole, raw milk because we're afraid of microbes. So they bring a little reduction in sugar and salt, but they keep all of the sweetened, sugary, factory-farmed, cow pus. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that? Did I ruin your appetite? I hope, hopefully you're not letting your kids drink that stuff. If you want food, go back to when food was food. You grew it yourself. We're in a very vulnerable position right now and ha and it's become more obvious to more than ever to people more than ever because of the, the whole egg debacle that's happening. People are realizing, my gosh, I can't afford to buy things that used to just be affordable. Now, partly due to the Federal Reserve and their uh, printing of money, but also due to some nefarious seemingly schemes to wipe out chicken and egg production. 
And if you go to your local IFA, you're going to find it hard to find egg-laying chickens to buy because people are finally figuring out that they have to bring food production closer and closer and closer to home. That we have lived kind of on borrowed time thinking that factories could do this for us and that we would be healthy and vital and viable. And this is also why I am such a big fan and supporter of the Trinity School of Natural Health. Because all the things our doctors and nurses didn't learn in their allopathic medical schools, Flexner report uh, mandated to learn that every, as I said, illness, illness, ailment and illness, illness. <laughs> They're all evidences of toxicological, you know, uh, deficiencies. You don't have enough toxic poisons in your body here. Here's a script, take some. And those doctors didn't learn enough about nutrition or anything at all. And so I welcome all the medical people, the allopathically trained doctors and nurses to also join us at Trinity School and bring the body, mind, and spirit connectivity back into the reason why you went into medicine and doctoring and healing. And you don't have to be a doctor. You can be a, you know, already a nutritionist. You're doing some fitness stuff. You may be already doing a little health coaching. You want to step it up. Check out trinityschool.org and join us at the Trinity Health Freedom Expo as well. The virtual one's coming up the 18th and 19th of February. And here we have it linked up in the upcoming events, and it's like 30 bucks for three months of access. Of all the things that took place, even if you were there with us in October of last year in Chicago, you couldn't see it all. I couldn't see it all. And now you can see it all. And, and there's going to be more present, presenters and present presentations available that weren't there in Chicago. We're going to learn about that right now with our good friend, Julie Whitman-Klein, the president. And, uh, and more see all that great stuff at Trinity. She's our fearless leader. No, we love her. She, she's just a bundle of love and integrity and so supportive of health freedom as her father before her. Appreciate you, Julie. It's good to see you. Good to see you, Robert. Thanks for having me on today. I was only hoping that you'd have the beach in the background. You've got your library back there. You're back in, uh, I do. I'm back at home office in Warsaw, Indiana. Did so. you have a great trip? Did you get some vitamin D outdoors in Florida? I did get some vitamin D, was there for three days. Okay. Well, that's quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You hardly had time to get a sunburn. Yes, that's true. Well, I know you had to get back because we're just, uh, what, a couple of weeks away from the uh, the virtual expo. Yes. February 18 and 19, Saturday mm -hmm. and Sunday from 10 to 6. Um, it is going to be an awesome event. We have got additional panels that are new. So we have the future of cannabis as well as Trinity Q&A. We're going to have nine instructors from our Trinity team, and um, you are the moderator. So, of course, it's going to be a great event. Me? Again? Yes. Yes. You're moderating both of those, and we've got a great lineup. And I thought, I thought you were you were sick of me doing this stuff. No, not at all. So, you are grandfathered in. <laughs> okay. Now I'm feeling old. All right. Well, I, I, will, I will endeavor to be there, of course. Um, we've got also, I just got to say this at the same time, that weekend, uh, I'll be flying and I'm going to arrange time around our, our time. We'll talk about that. But our good friend, Jonathan E. Mord, who's been a yes. star, a rock star for freedom for so long. He's been appearing in supportive of uh, the Health Freedom Expos over the years. And uh, he'll ha be having a, a, a major um, fundraising event in mm -hmm. Glendale, California that weekend. And I'll okay. be there for that. But I, it shouldn't conflict because it's an evening event and we're going to do a daytime event, correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so we'll the time zone difference will help as well. So Jonathan is recording something special for us uh, that's never been heard that'll be uh, featured at the event, the virtual event. Can you, um, can you imagine, because I can, that we'll have a United States 
senator one day coming to the Health Freedom Expo to speak. Absolutely. He always and, kicks off our event every year. And so, and it is well-earned, well-deserved. Uh, the people uh, would be, um, it would just be great if he can be elected. Oh my gosh. So, you know, we're all supporting him here. I know you are as well. And yeah. I'm so excited because he knows about the health freedom issue more than most any politician that's ever been, <laughs> you know, so to go into it, he's not really technically a politician. We know who he is and, and what he's all about. We've got such a track record of experience that it's unique. It's a unique opportunity for all of us to support something like this. Yes. And he believes in the freedom of speech and he fights for it. So I appreciate um, him and his efforts. Very much so. So tell me about some other things that are going to be new for those that attended the expo sure. in October that, because I understand there are also some different presentations that weren't yes. done there that are being submitted. Yes. Erin Elizabeth, she has recorded and hers is great about health freedom and what the media has done in stifling her, their message. So she has uh, submitted her lecture and we also have T. Colin Campbell. He ha is sending his in. Um, we've also got Jonathan Emords, like I mentioned. Jamie and Tracy um, T. Claw have submitted their lecture, as well as the two panels. So each day there's additional speakers that were not there that people are going to be able to listen to, as well as we've got some virtual exhibitors that have signed up that weren't at the live event. So we've got a lot of new um, reasons for people to uh, register for the virtual event. Now, the, the Whova app, we were introduced to this a couple of years ago. Remember yeah. when we couldn't even meet because it was so crazy during COVID and we did a virtual one. I think, is this the third time we're getting a it virtual is. one? It so is. We're getting good at it, I think. Yes. Uh, and, and you know, because we, don't we do our, uh, our panel things uh, via Zoom still? Yes. Or, okay. yes we do. Somehow it manifests out through the Whova app as well, or will it also yeah. be through? No, okay. the link is connected. So all they need to do is um, pull up their Whova app, either on their phone or desktop, iPad, whatever source they'd like to, and three months access. Once they log in, they're able to uh, view all of the lectures. They'll be going on at the same time, different tracks. And then we have the exhibit hall where people will be able to do meetups. They'll be able to uh, view products, videos. Uh, a lot of our exhibitors are having show specials. That will be good for a minimum of three months. So they'll be able to um, interact with our exhibitors as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I was looking at the numbers now. 32nd anniversary here in 2023 for Health Freedom Expo. Yes. Were you just like, like a kid when this all started? I mean, oh. you think about that. Well, oh sometimes God. we did even three a year or one year we did four. So the numbers really add up, but I've really enjoyed traveling around the United States and really letting people learn and be educated and know that they have choices and mm -hmm. are supported. And um, it's just like a family reunion uh, where we come together and learn and grow and support each other. Yeah. Listen to this, folks. 30,000, over 30,000 people have graduated from all 50 states and 40 different countries that have come through the Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org. That's astonishing, the numbers, and they're growing, I think, exponentially now as people are realizing the value of, the, as I mentioned, the body, mind, spirit training and new programs being offered all of the time, including uh, the new one that our friend Dr. Todd Frisch helped to develop, right? The, yes. the facial identification stuff? Yes, it launches today. We have 14 programs um, launching today, so people can still sign up today or even tomorrow morning um, and get started on their journey in natural health. 
Yeah, this is all right. So we got I'm looking at some of the things that are starting up 18 distinct programs ranging from eight to four, 40 weeks in length. Right. Mm-hmm. Depending on, on the intensity there. Yes. Uh, there. We also have, of course, ongoing there are some submissions that continue with the uh, lectures on demand for those that just want to check in, like do a little drive by. What sure. can I learn? So there's all kinds of ways to do it. And this new one is called Certified Facial Analysis Master Program. Mm-hmm. And I had Todd Frisch on. I have him on again. He's amazing. Uh, yes. What he developed, helped to develop and get out there. Um, mm-hmm. You can call 800-428-0408 if you have questions about any of these programs or want to yeah. see when they start up. If you're not able to start up this month, every month mm-hmm. there's a program starting. You can go to trinityschool.org as well. Uh, let's see. We've got, oh, the Health Freedom Expo is coming back in reality together yes. again, October 14th and 15th of 2023. Yes. Tinley Park Convention Center. We've got uh, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny confirmed. She will be our symposium speaker as well as um, a panelist. We're going to have the um, CAM in America. So complementary alternative medicine. We'll have Todd Frisch as one of the panelists and Dr. Tai. Um, We've also got uh, the health freedom panel uh, Mm -hmm. for the first day for kickoff. So um, people can register to be an exhibitor. Again, Tinley Park Convention Center, Tinley Park, Illinois, as well. And we'll have... um, just a, a wonderful time. Um, so we're working on it right now. The other thing that you're doing is different as well for the Health Freedom Expo. You're combining, used to have your events in September, which yes. was, uh, it was more for the graduates and students that were coming together for additional education on site. Right. And Correct. so people can come in, Trinity students and others come in a couple of days early beforehand and have it start. How's that work? Yes. It's going to be Thursday and Friday at the same convention center, and um, it's Trinity Live. We've got the agenda online. People can sign up for the different segments. There's four of them, two each day. We also have a Trinity Alumni Dinner on Friday evening. That is going to be a great event. Um, So this allows people to come for the whole weekend and learn and grow together and um, have a great time. So Trinity Live is um, smacked right up against the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. I, I like the efficiency to not have to go to two separate, you know, cities in, in, exactly. in, two months in a row. So combining it all, I think it's great. Yes. And the Tinley Park Convention Center is a great facility. We found it to be very accommodating. Even when yes. there was still controversy in Chicago, there yes. was no controversy when we went. Uh, they were all very fine. We weren't, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't mandating masks at that no. time. So we like them. And uh, around there, I did find some good places. There's a health food store like three miles away that I got my there organic smoothies and everything. So it was good stuff around there too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll also have food vendors and just make it a great weekend for everyone. Super. Now, do you, are you going to be attending any of the upcoming events that, you know, I, sometimes I get to see you guys off season, you know, there's yes. an event that I'll be speaking at and like, Hey, there's the Trinity booth and everything. So do you have an event schedule for people that want to meet you outside of the, the once a year event in October? Sure. We'll be at Natural Products Expo East, and that will be in Philadelphia, and that is um, in September. So that's our next event that we currently have scheduled. So we might be at uh, Expo West um, next year, but okay. this year we chose not to um, to have a booth there. Yeah, and, and that one's really focused mostly on the natural products sector. So the health food store that's industry, it. for instance, and uh, do you find that a lot of people in the natural products industry come to find Trinity and say, Hey, I can get smarter about what I'm doing in my store by getting some Trinity education. 
Sure. At that event, we focus a lot on health food store owners and training their team so or their salespeople. So it's a little bit of different focus. We also get to see a lot of our students and graduates while we're there. So it's always a good time. Um, and just educating, letting people know about what we offer. Um, so we enjoy going to the different shows. So I'm always interested in which shows you like um, to attend. And um, we're looking forward to being in um, more uh, expos in the future. You know what's cool about doing all the events I do a lot? More and more Trinity graduates are there. I get to meet and like, yeah, I'm a Trinity. I'm Trinity. I'm Trinity. I feel like the family is growing. Like it really is. So we have over 250 students that have enrolled for today. Um, and so we are growing and um, it's great. It, I'm so excited that we're able to uh, continue and to grow. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, we're excited. That just. I'm so excited to see it. I mean, we've been hanging out together for years, even when your dad was still around. And mm -hmm. what an amazing journey. What an amazing mission. And speaking of people that are part of that mission, you know, there was just another virtual race that people have done to help raise funds for like a scholarship fund, right? To help exactly. people that have economic challenges that want to be part of the school. And, yes. and I've said this too as well. It's still one of the most reasonably priced educational forum programs available anywhere in terms of health and healing and we talk about body mind spirit yet there are people we recognize that are you know struggling for any number of reasons and it's nice to see this scholarship uh i guess yes. endowment if i don't know what it's called endowment but grow so people can submit you know request and, and be considered for that as well exactly the bottom of our website they can apply and um, they are granted and we're able to grow that fund due to the virtual race and other events that we do throughout the year yeah i love that Absolutely wonderful. And and you said Sherry Tenpenny is going to be keynoting uh, the next next one in October. Correct. Yes, we've got her confirmed. Um, I think Bradley Nelson has also arranged his schedule to be able to attend. Um, we're inviting Del Bigtree to come. Yeah. Awesome. So invitations are being sent out as we um, plan additional speakers, new speakers that have never come to the expo for attendees to be able to um, listen to. And um, it's $30 for the weekend um, in October. And so we try to make it very affordable for people to be able to come and um, partake. Super Don, can you show the visual of the website of the programs available? Just because there are new people that are tuning into the Robert Scott Bell Show all the time that may not know all of the things that can do at Trinity School of Natural Health. So there is trinityschool.org. You got some core programs here. You can see certified health coach and you go on down. He's scrolling so fast. I can't even keep up <laughs> There's so many advanced biblical studies, certified aromatherapy, certified biblical coach, certified clinical homeopathy specials. I'd like to connect more with Desbio. I don't know why that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. A clinically focused homeopath, because I think it would be a perfect alignment, but you guys have a great relationship there. Uh, flower essence, uh, let's see, holistic fitness specialist, master herbalist, iridologist. This is a big time training. Iridology is not easy, y'all, but take it and you can do amazing things with it nutritional consultant, Zyto specialist, endocannabinoid professional. And again, there's going to be a big uh, uh, discussion on that, a panel discussion coming up in the virtual uh, expo coming up this month, 18th and 19th of February. So you can see the expansion. And I know we've talked about behind the scenes, maybe some offerings in Spanish as well. Correct. Yes. Yet this year we'll be offering programs in Spanish. You also brought up iridology or level three certified our iridology program will be offered yet this year for those that have taken one and two. So stay tuned for that information. So um, Lauren does a, an amazing job on allowing us to be able to offer more and more programs. So 
If somebody's looked at the website lately, continue mm -hmm. to go back. Make sure you uh, receive our newsletter that we send out. Make sure that you're on social media. Um, our marketing team does a great job in letting people know upcoming events and explaining programs. We do a lot of videos um, for them to really understand what Trinity is about, what their experience will be like. And um, we also have student services available and an enrollment team uh, standing by to help um, prospective students and current students. And great hoodies too. I got yes, this we have merchandise. So uh, additional items are on the website often. So um, check it out. And um, so yeah, I think people are really proud to display their education where they've come from. So we are a family. Julie, have you gotten a sen sense more like I feel like many people from what the allopathically trained uh, various fields there are recognizing the limitations of their training and saying, I need to expand. And I, I have a sense that more and more are finding about Trinity's programs and going into various programs as well to expand and do things to meet the needs of the people or they're like, you know what? I'm tired of just being a drug, you know, receptacle. I want something sure. more. Do sure. you find that being, it's actually happening? Absolutely. And we also just were recently approved for CEU credits for nurses. So they're able to choose Trinity for their source of education. But absolutely, some people were never trained in this or they wanted to know even more. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, it's a great place to look for, for education. Yeah. I'm thinking of when you mentioned the nurses, I've got some great friends that have, uh, you know, come out of this, uh, well, uh, COVID crazy few years now, and they recognize the limitations of their training and how it's actually been harmful. And so many new networks like the nurse freedom network have opened up yes. and, um, they, they do still need ongoing CEUs to a you know, keep their uh, license if they want to, but they mm -hmm. all are inclined now to learn about the things that, we're talking about here with Trinity, the body, mind, spirit, connectivity of all of this. And that, I think that really, truly honors the nursing profession more mm -hmm. so than what's happened, you know, where they've kind of moved farther and farther away from it. There's a genuine dissatisfaction there. And yes. I'm meeting a lot of nurses are saying, you know, I'm ready to go back to what I thought the origin was of nursing. Sure. And how our body was designed and it's able to heal itself. Um, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I'm, I'm just nothing but excited about the future knowing that we have the opportunities to learn the things that weren't taught and certainly they certainly weren't taught when i was growing up in regular schools going in towards medicine and finding out that didn't really help me in fact it was hurting me and had i known maybe i had an opportunity earlier on but at the same time now you've embraced more homeopathy too which is is a thrill because there's not enough homeopaths to go around in fact there'll never be enough homeopaths to go around and to get that clinical training or an additional training with whether you're a naturopath, a chiropractor, a, mm -hmm. a medical doctor, that's another beautiful adjunct to your ability to, you know, help people. And in a very rapid way, you don't have to spend 10 years learning homeopathy to begin to integrate it as well clinically. Right. And even if you're just a mom or a dad or somebody that wants to um, take control of um, their life, their lifestyle, their health, um, Trinity is the place to come to learn and to be supported. It is. I, I just can't keep thinking there's probably more, but wait, there's more because there's so many programs going. I, I'm having trouble keeping up with it. I don't know how you do it. Sure. And we've got a lot more coming this year that are being developed and um, being worked on right now as we speak. So um, stay tuned for additional programs. We've also got Trinity Connect that will be launching this year. And this is going to be a platform, Robert, where people can have freedom of speech, 
within um, off of our website. You're going to be able to also locate practitioners in your area. And also, if you want to post a job or you're looking for a job in a certain area, it'll be a source for people to go to get information. So we're excited about that. That's being developed right now. And that's mm-hmm. Trinity Connect and should be launching within the next several months. Hey, has anybody uh, ever like met at Trinity and gotten married? Has that ever happened? Like, um, no, but no. it certainly could be. So we I'm could thinking, have a little match service. I'm thinking because when you start going holistic, you want to find people that have a similar, you know, viewpoint. Uh, yeah, again, yeah. And they make it their health, their priority. So uh, we could do a little matchmaker um, site within there, possibly. So throwing it out there as an idea. Okay. I mean, look, I, I've got a holistic uh, wife, being you know, she's a retired DC. It's me, a homeopath, and we've raised our children organically in the way we love to, and, and they're healthier. And I think about uh, the future. I've talked a lot about um, recently the challenges of, of young couples even getting pregnant, having babies. And, and yeah. it's a real real concern of mine going forward. Can we even replace population and continue with sure. what's happening? And, and of course, there's a legitimate place for fertility specialists in modern medicine. But the question is, why do we even need them? We've gone so far astray from basic level nutrition, mineral, all the things that we know that facilitate the body's ability to reproduce and continue on. And and, and that, that's another thing that I'm thinking about. So holistic uh, Trinity graduates finding each other and, and, and having families would be cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll let Lauren know your idea. <laughs> okay. I don't know how serious it is, but still just came sure. to mind. Absolutely. All right, Julie, anything else you want to uh, communicate to the, the world here on the Robert Scott Bell show before we meet again soon at the uh, 18th and 19th of February for the virtual expo. Exactly. If you haven't registered, register either for a program or the event. Um, we've got great things coming and happening at Trinity and appreciate every um, student that's given us this opportunity. Yay. All right, Julie Whitman Klein and the team, the family there at Trinity School. Have you guys plugged in yet? Many of you have, and you uh, you celebrate it. It's like you, you gain new family members when you do it. Go to trinityschool.org and Health Freedom Expo, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com, and be part of the virtual expo. We'll see you there in a couple of weeks, Julie. Sounds great. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Big hugs to everybody up at Trinity School of Natural Health. The team's amazing, and what they're doing is quite, quite extraordinary. I just love that. Just uh, Makes me happy. All those things that make me smile. All right. What else we got to talk about here, Super D? I haven't been paying attention to our uh, uh, audience there in terms of our tra- chat room. Looks pretty active today. And uh, I know Michael Bolden from the 10th Amendment Center is there. And he has attended over the years back when we had the Long Beach Health Freedom Expos. I mean, we got together at least one or two of them, I remember, and had a great time. Um, but uh Man, uh, there's just some cool things happening despite the things that we have to cover, like the woke culture canceling any and all of us who simply don't align with their view. Was there any uh, insight or comments about the Bill Maher uh, trending on Twitter based on his perspective? Jim uh, in the chat room says, I never trusted Bill Maher. His disdain for children has been a longtime mantra of his. And it's true. Yeah. He's not a fan of kids. No, and he's not a fan of, 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 of religion or religious yeah, people. No, that's true. He's an atheist. He is. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I said, I, I don't like to cancel people, even if I have disagreements with them. I just don't find that to be very. Uh, I think nice it's it's funny how he, you're right. He's being, um, he's, he's being, he's there. The, the left is trying to cancel him mm-hmm. because he, he has remained consistent. 
Yeah. But it's funny because all of the, you know, the newer generation, they don't realize that, that their point of view has veered way to the left, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, from what liberal used to be. Yeah. You know? Uh, you know, and people like, he's not the only one. You know, he's not the only one that's, that's making these types of comments. Um, you know, the people that are our age that were the the left, right? The ones that, yeah. you know, Rush Limbaugh used to make fun of. Um <laughs> You know, they, they now they've, they've kind of reached a point where, uh, they're looking at what is considered the left or I guess progressive now. Yeah. They don't, they don't actually like the label of being liberal anymore. Yeah. They now have embraced progressive. That is, that is the new left, I guess, in, in the dynamic. Right but now. how do you define progress? If it is meaning you, you yeah, can't well, yeah, with? don't, don't read too much into the, the, the spelling of yeah. it because it's, it's not progress they would say it is they would say it is am i hopelessly naive to believe that there is a way that people can look at people whom with whom they disagree and say you know what there's probably some things not anymore not anymore it's sad i mean i think eventually we'll come back around to that Mm -hmm. right now where we're at on this journey going who's where um that is not a thing people don't get along they don't they don't agree to disagree uh, it's, it's my way or the highway, you know, it's, 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 uh, the Sith Lord, uh, you know, are we, are we like the anomaly? Are we the anomaly in broadcast media or is anybody else kind of look, we have strong, beliefs no, there's some, there's some other ones out there. There's yeah. some other ones out there, but there's a lot that aren't, there's a lot that have, 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 uh, you know, climbed on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, where the, it's, you see, everything is us against them, you know, yeah. and there's no, there's no middle ground anywhere in anything. Yeah. Why? I mean, it used to be that, you know, you were confronted with an idea that you had a disagreement. You would hope that it would make you at least think about it. Like, okay, why do I have that response or reaction to it? And you, you might be strengthening your belief by exploring it further, or you might find, well, maybe the belief I had, it doesn't fit me anymore based in on a perfect paper. world. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, listen, the, the, the left versus right thing has been around forever. Mm-hmm. You know, it, for example, let's let's look at the uh, the situation with the balloon, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's captured the you know the 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 grip, the, you know the the nation's attention over the last few days. Mm-hmm. The balloon, yeah. Um, it's all the media has been talking about. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we first heard about this, what was it, Friday or something like that? Uh, it was like, you know, let's shoot it down, shoot this, shoot it down. And they're like, well, now hold on. We're not going to shoot it down because we want to make sure we don't have it fall on somebody's head or kill a yeah. cow in Montana or something. Uh, and so they waited until it, it got over water and then they shot it down. Well, he finally shoots it down, right? Yeah. Now, there can be some criticism made that, you know, maybe you should have thought about a way to bring this thing down before it traveled across the entire United States. You know, doing whatever it was doing. Well, don't tell me they didn't know it was approaching the United States. No, no, they first they, they they say they first noticed it when it hit Alaska, yeah, right? Exactly. At that point, so like, you know, so there's there's possibly some criticism there, but you know, this is one of those things where the moose. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah, uh, an igloo, yeah, but I, uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, the left, the right is going to be hey. You know, you you waited too long for it to. This is a failure. You've shown this, shown China that we're weak, that they can just walk all over us. The left, you know, is trying to say, hey, look, you know, we're trying to be safe, and you know, we've shot it down. And look, that shows our strength. All right. And so- there's some questions been that's been brought up mm-hmm. about 
the timing of this, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the last thing he would want to do, Biden, Mm -hmm. would probably have to go do the State of the Union while a Chinese balloon was flying over the country, (laughs) right? So it's like, you know, okay, let's shoot this thing down, right? Because now he can say, look, see, boy, we showed them. We shot their balloon. You mentioned something that that caused me to pause for a moment when you mentioned, the, well, the left is saying we wanted to be safe. Now, I think this is more political expedience. And granted, there could be arguments made for that. But if the left really cared about safety, would they have endorsed big pharma Vaccines. controlling, yeah. taking over our government to force a for-profit product with no liability that yeah, turned out. Of course, out because they believe that they were saving lives. Of course. But that's why I say right? their, their claims for, for safety is disingenuous. They might believe they believe Their claims for, for people wearing masks and mm-hmm. people staying at home and for people getting shots and boosters is so that everybody will be safe. Right? Yeah, that's, that's where I find it intellectually uh, uh, vacuous at that point and disingenuous. Yes. And I'd say the same thing if it, it came from the political right, just so you know. And that it, it just right now what I'm seeing. And, and as I said, today it kind of opened up with the discussion of denialism. And I had just seen that Bill Maher piece. I'm like, you know, we've talked about Maher for years that he's been pretty pretty close to our views when it comes to big pharma stuff and even mm-hmm. food stuff in a lot, a lot of ways. Uh, yet there are other areas where we diverge, but I don't think it's ever been an argument that because he disagrees with us on other things that, oh, you should never watch him. Oh no, dude. I I was the same way with Jon Stewart. I loved the the daily show. I thought it was funny as heck, you know, Mm -hmm. and even there were times when he would point out things where, you know, even, even as a libertarian conservative, Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a conservative leaning libertarian, however you want to describe it. Yeah. Uh, there would be times he would point out, uh, inconsistencies and ironies and things like that about things that I believed in. I would have to kind of sit there and go, yeah, he's kind of right, you know, but people can't do that. People do not have the ability. Most people anyway, do not have the ability to do that anymore. Hmm. It's either, it's either all or nothing. You know, you are either with us or against us. You know, it's one side or the other black and white. Have we ever no middle ground on it? Have we ever fallen prey to that? Certainly. Yeah, of course. Everybody has bias in one way or another, but yeah. Bolden put in a picture in our chat room. Looks like a statue of a lady with a, a, a holding a book. I don't know what else is there, but it says both history and experience have proved that when party feuds have thus divided a nation, urbanity and benevolence are laid aside. What was it with these words? Urbanity? What the heck is urbanity? Who says urbanity? Come on, man. All right. So we need a definition of urbanity. Oh, man. We know benevolence, <laughs> urbanity. You think of urban, what is your urbanity? I, I, I'm thinking, uh, you know, a city, you're in an urban location, you're in close. We need quarters, Michael Bolton to help us understand. Closer quarters, concentrations of people, urbanity, and the ability oh. to live amongst each other. I mean, just guessing. Uh, urbanity is okay. not one of the words I, I grew up knowing either. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Let us know. Lay it on us, Michael Look Bolden. at the Even big brain on Bolden. Wow. <laughs> Bolden's big brain. That's ah! it. Is that what By the means? way, since I've gotten no official uh, uh, title for, yeah. for his segment on Friday, I have put together an intro for him. It is done. Oh, and, yeah? Uh, yeah, it's, really it's, like it. it's just going to be a cool intro, and eventually if we want to change it, we can. But oh, Are you going to reveal it today? Or are you, you just no, 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 no. We'll do it on Friday. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be fun. Shout out to, I see, uh, Chris Lavoie is in the audience. Uh, shout out to Lourdes and Chris. Love them. You guys are awesome. Um, he says, I believe that intellectuals can differ in opinions and still have respect for their p- perspective. Absolutely. 
And, you know, there's something called courteousness, which is lost. Now, granted, in our medium, which started out as talk radio when I started out in 1999, it didn't require, in fact, it required a little bit of discourteousness by definition. It kind of it, it, it engaged people to be in, enraged and outraged and call up. I'm outraged. And, you know, that was part of the medium of talk radio. I don't know if we've evolved some, but you played a clip the other day of me. You know, it's like angry young Robert Scott Bell. Where did he go? Uh, as far as how we, uh, I, you know, I was aghast at many of the to- subjects and topics I would have to cover and relate it in a certain way. Uh, at the same time, here we are spe- speaking a talk media. If it's not radio fo- fo- focused fully, it's certainly podcasting as well to be video. Um, and I don't want to lose the intensity, not not that not at all, because it is intense, the discussion points and the topics we cover. But to also step back and go, you know what, this isn't about hating people we disagree with. But certainly if people on any side of a political argument want to use the power and force of government to suppress speech, to censor and cancel, I, I think that crosses the line. I, I, at that point, I'm like, it does. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. This is what they tried to do during the pandemic to people like us. Mm-hmm. And we're finding, you know, more and more court cases that were, you know, eventually that, you know, Bottom line is, if you blatantly violate the First Amendment by censoring people, ultimately, in most cases, you're going to win in court. The problem is, is they're going to have you suppressed until then. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. All right, let's take a pause. Uh, If you guys have questions and comments, keep submitting them. We do have two pretty good questions of the day coming up in hour two. Oh, you know what? What? Uh, What? It's Bridie on today. I forgot. Oh, Oh, man, you're right. We're supposed to be Hi, saying, hey, on. Here. We're, we're in 30 seconds. We're going to be uh, pausing for a, a info. We're just carrying on like it's a regular day. We're, we're uh, simulcasting. So if you guys missed it, the Health Freedom Expo is coming up, Trinity version. Uh, it's uh, virtual. And all of those things are linked into the up, up uh, upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. This hour, we're going to talk about uh, internal wisdom. How often do you have a bowel movement? That matters as well as ovarian cancer and questions of the day coming up on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where the power to heal is yours. Oh, hello. Welcome to the second hour of the Robert Scott Bell Show, simulcasting on Mondays on Brideon.tv. Shout out to all y'all. If you haven't seen my endorsement uh, article on Jonathan E. Mord, please come on down and go to robertscottbell.com. And I think you'll be, if you don't know about Jonathan E. Mord, he's running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine less than two years from now. And he's a health freedom guy if there ever was a health freedom guy. And I think many of you will find alignment, even if you have in the past voted Democrat, simply because as you've seen, the people in that party right now have sold out the American people for pharmaceutical interests. Not that the Republicans haven't in the past as well, but right now this is a significant issue. Your bodily autonomy. Do you get to decide what gets injected into you? Do you? And uh, under Tim Kaine and his belief system, I'm just going to say it, uh, not happening. Freedom and bodily autonomy, except to end the life of a baby, if that's your inclination. But outside of that, if you don't want to have your babies shot up by, you know, whether they're traditional vaccinations or COVID jabs, they would love to be able to 
own and control your bodies totally at this point. And if there are exceptions to the rule, let me know. We'll, we'll shout them out and say, hey, there's, there's a Democrat that says they're not into mandates. All right, great. Congratulations. But Jonathan E. Mord would be amazing, amazing soul to be uh, basically be part of the United States Senate to pontificate on the history of the Constitution, the reason why freedom is a, a foundational principle that is superior to any other form of government in terms of acknowledging that our freedoms come from a God or a creator beyond government and what that means in terms of how our children and their children could live in freedom versus tyranny. There's stuff that we got to learn still. We've lost our way for a lot of years and we don't often reach the high ideals that I'd like to say we do, but we can always strive to do better once we know better. And so check that out as well. All right. We've got a, a pretty cool uh, topic coming up this hour talking about uh, bowel health, intestinal health, internalwisdom.com. Rochelle Dardano is going to join us uh, in a little bit. And then we got some questions of the day on AFib after a D, uh, tetanus shot. And oh my gosh, apologies to anybody that's offended by this, but we do have a question of the day on urine therapy. So not only are we going to talk about poop, but now we got to talk about pee. Really? All at once? I think Super Don managed to do this. I, I claim no responsibility for it. I'm just here to show up and do whatever he tells me to do. <laughs> All right. No, I'm not really. I had nothing to do with that. You had nothing to do Zero. with that? Zero. Zero? Kevin Whoa. booked the guest. Okay. And somebody wrote in with a question of the day. I had no control over that at all. Okay, you're off the hook. Yeah, it's it's just the way things that. work out, you know. It's the way things they work out. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk about controversial topics only teenage boys will enjoy discussing. <laughs> no, everybody's gonna enjoy this. I think. I think we'll find a way to get through it. Uh, first up, this hour, uh, Healthline is reporting a, a, a study about ovarian cancer. And uh, the, the headline reads, can removing fallopian tubes decrease the risk? Now, I remember so many years ago, I don't know, this was probably never made into a, a little demo promo that Super Don would grab sometimes. But, you know, I talked about the absurdity of believing that your body parts that may develop cancer are actually the cause of cancer. And, and when I, and I mentioned that you'd be like, yeah, that's stupid, Robert. Why would anybody say your body parts that get cancer are the cause of cancer? And then you have to ask the question of, could it be doctors that believe that? And you're like, no, doctors would never believe that. They're way too smart. They go to medical school, right? 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 Yeah. Yet they argue for prophylactic removal of body parts so that you don't get cancer as if the body parts are the cause of cancer. What am I talking about here? Well, just like this article points out, hey, if we can remove the fallopian tubes, maybe we can reduce the incidence of ovarian cancer by a significant percentage, whatever that might be. And we'll talk about that. Or if you have uterine cancer, just remove the uterus. What does God know? Why did God give women a uterus that you don't really need one, do you? Or well, the joke I've, I've made, and this was great because we were talking with our guest coming up, Rochelle. And I thought, oh, this, this lady's awesome. Because I used to say this, I said, you know what? As much as they have a penchant for taking out female body parts, male dominated medical profession, the Alabama profession, if they were coming after the men and their prostate, as much as they go after women and their uterus and their ovaries, et cetera, there might be a different perspective on medicine. Cause men would go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You want what? Or let's say, go after your testicles men Let, let's remove them like they remove ovaries you're like whoa wait a second doc do you think there's something a little bit uh, less harsh than that 
And the other one I used to hear was mammograms. They were like, you know, if you took a guy's, you know what, and, and smashed smash. that between two plates yeah. and took a picture of it, they'd probably get rid of those too. Yeah. It's like, uh-uh, you ain't doing that to my, you know what. Right. And, and, and so women have been subservient and su- subjected to this. And I, and I say this when I say, let me say it more accurately, masculine dominated profession. Now, if there's an argument for toxic masculinity, and I'm not a big fan of the term, I would say, yes, in modern medicine, it's very toxic, the masculinity there. It, you know, very ego-driven, uh, male-dominated, elimination of the feminine side of all reality. And that includes even men. Men have a feminine side, male, female. It's part of the, our nature. Some have more than others and less than others. But the point is having a, a sensitive, intuitive, caring. You know, this is why nursing has been dominated predominantly by females not because they're not capable of being doctors, but because you gravitated towards that side. Although nursing has become less of what nursing was in terms of, uh, that intuitive feminine nurturing side. So little of that in modern medicine. And granted, if you are in uh, triage emergency medicine, there's not a lot of time for what would you call it? coddling it's like let's get in there and save their life and it's you know maybe more masculine oriented in terms of going in there and get it done as you think of terms of masculine and feminine these are controversial discussions because anytime you go there it's like oh wait a second what about the uh, people that don't claim to be either <sighs> i'm leaving that aside for the moment let me go back to this ovarian cancer discussion real quick removing fallopian tubes a new consensus statement from the ovarian cancer research alliance suggests some women should remove fallopian tubes in order to reduce the risk of ovarian cancer. Now, if I go into this article and say, yeah, why? Why would they do this? And they call the, the, uh, the medical term for removal opportunistic salpingectomy. And they said, according to Troy, Dr. Troy Gatliff, uh, Gat- Gatcliffe, gynecologic assistant, or I'm sorry, oncologist at... Baptist Health Miami Cancer Institute, many cases of ovarian cancer begin in the fallopian tubes. And then they talk about epithelial ovarian cancers, make up about 90% of all ovarian cancers. Now that means epithelial tissue. Epithelial tissue. What is that? That's the tissue called skin, mucous membranes. It's part of the connective tissue. And if there's cancer developing on on the epithelium or within the epithelium, what does it tell me? What should it tell you? There are a lot of corrosive inflammatory components entering that area that shouldn't be there and that are not being remedied over many, many years, in fact. Some would say cross-generationally because you've heard about the impact on, uh, you know, the fallopian tubes associated with women who smoked one, two generations later, impacting the development of the fallopian tubes and certain, you know, follicular activity therein. Or, or even in the ovaries. So I'm not just saying within one lifetime, it's transitional in terms of what they'll call genetic, but I call it epigenetic because it was triggered by different toxicological burdens. So if we look at the fallopian tubes as being vulnerable because of the epithelial inflammation and in an ongoing basis to the point where it's not corrected and then abnormal disease tissues, chromosomal abnormalities start manifesting, then you see, oh my gosh, cancer starting in the epithelial tissue of the fallopian tubes. Let's just remove that tissue or entirely the tubes, which belies the fact that in a healthy system, fallopian tubes don't get cancer, don't develop cancer. And they, do, they do reference the Bricka gene in this as well. 
Of course. Yeah. yeah. They want it. They always want to make it a genetic issue. And so I, I just try to bring out some semblance of common sense. That's not taught in medical school about this, even though they, they have the capacity to realize it. Fallopian tubes are not the cause of fallopian cancer any more than the cause of ovarian cancer. What are women eating? What are they drinking? What are they exposed to? So, you know, estrogens on and on, you know, women have some advantages uh, from a longevity standpoint because of the menstrual cycle to eliminate another pathway of elimination or detoxification. But when we see a lot of inflammation and damage within the female system, who's talking about, you know, the heavy metals and their impact on them. How about the HPV vaccine? Yeah. Gardasil and Cervix. How much devastation have they seen giving rise to cancers within the female system? because of the injections themselves or worse. So I would talk about a drive-by body part removal service called Uterus R Us. That was one of the things I brought up. I don't know, maybe it was the first year I was even in radio in 1999, talking about how absurd it was to remove body parts and exactly that point. If men were targeted the same way, there wouldn't be this thing because men are literally holding on their body parts <laughs> more than women. And I would just urge women, please don't give up on what God gave you, but try to ask questions. And if your doctor won't answer them about why the cancer is there, instead of going, well, if we just remove your fallopian tubes, we'll lower your risk. If they're not teaching you about diet and lifestyle and detoxification, bowel movements, my gosh, how much could constipation, chronic long-term constipation and auto-intoxication therein impact any and all systems of the body, including the female system? And with that, let's bring in our first-time guest to the Robert Scott Bell Show to answer that and many more questions. Rochelle Dardano is on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Rochelle. Hi. Did I say it right? You said it perfect. Hooray. Super Don's always trying to mess with me, so I'm <laughs> sure. Anyway, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Oh, I couldn't be more happy to be here, and it's so perfect that you're talking about the topic you're talking about because I had cancer in that area and have had constipation my entire life. So it was what led me to do colon hydrotherapy and open internal wisdom way so long ago. Mm -hmm. It was to try to learn how to take care of myself in a more holistic way. Cause I didn't know how. Oh, right. Nobody, well, nobody teaches you. Let's have a competition. Who was more constipated, me or you, Rochelle? <laughs> when I was 10 or 11 years of age, I don't remember exactly the age, I was hospitalized with oh. constipation. It was so bad that they put me in the hospital and, and, uh, you know, fortunately my dad worked for the CB fleet pharmaceutical company. So we saved a little bit on, uh, hospital bills with, uh, the enemas that they made. We got those for free. Awesome. And awesome. I become so convinced of the disaster that is uh, colon health in terms of elimination patterns that one of the famous lines that I have here and super Don, you could show this on the, the screen. Uh, if you want a doctor, the first question you should ask is how often do you have a bowel movement? because that will disqualify most doctors right there because they're not going even as often as you are. And if they're going less frequently than you are, they're full of, you know what, and they're not right. to you. Uh, so as we go, there, I'm just teasing about the competition for constipation. I'm just saying, I, I feel you because this is what I went through too. Well, and it makes you miserable. You don't even realize also constipated since I was a child and probably about six or seven mm -hmm. uh, eating X lax like candy bars, you know, really nothing stopped stopped, kept working after I got into my thirties, especially after I had children, uh, which is a whole nother topic again, but they have, um, ignored the fact that that's a major aspect of wellness and where children are constipated are, and nobody wants to talk about it. 
Well, as I, and I've said, that's the first thing you should be asking your doctor yeah. and your doctor should be asking you. And right. I was, I was talking with my buddy. I don't know if you know, Kevin Jenkins, he's uh, been a, a real firebrand in, in now this new health freedom movement regarding what happened in COVID. But uh, you know, he was talking about how you can tell if somebody is on the team or not, and if they'll be helpful to you, you know, if you're trying to work with people. And I added this to the equation, not just for a doctor, you should ask your, I don't know if it's a legitimate question or if you'll get like fined or imprisoned for doing so. But if you're looking to hire somebody, ask them how often they have a bowel movement, (laughs) (laughs) how efficient they will be in working and helping you. Otherwise, uh, again, it's a little bit congested and that's an understatement. Right. And that affects everything in our, in our thinking and our, and our ability to communicate, our ability to trust our own intuition and what is our truth. And so when we're talking about this division between people and we're looking at a, a society that's constipated and or has some sort of bowel disorder because of the food we're eating, because of the stress we're under, because we're ignoring or tuning out of what we need to do to be able to learn how to be in harmony with ourselves. It's very human um, to be connected in that way and to release in that way. And we're, we're just holding on to everything and pushing it down. At least that's what I was doing. So from the outside, I look like I had the perfect life, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. house, great job, uh, beautiful children. Inside, I was suffering and I wouldn't go eight, eight, 10 days in a row. And when you're that backed up, your brain stops working, you're angry and upset. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm here to share with you of like, why are we having this so much in society right now, this division and why is everybody so or not everybody, but a lot of people really angry and upset and they don't even know why, but it's internal. Mm -hmm. And there's those three bodies that we're working with, the physical body of constipation, the emotional body of being stuck, Mm -hmm. and then the spiritual body. Why am I here and what am I actually up to and what's my truth? And when you're full of it, you Mm -hmm. can't get access to your truth. So So you're so more susceptible to listening to other people's truth. And embodying that instead, because it's just easier. We got a nation of constipation, in other words. <laughs> yes. And so, so, yeah. De- detox, I like the, yeah. I like the way you 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 brought it out because some of the questions we've been asking today about the, the cancel culture, the extreme of you don't agree with me, I you know I can't be your friend, I can't even associate with you, and and we've seen that so much uh, over the last three years of COVID, the fear that it induced, and then. You know, if you don't believe in my version of truth, uh, we can't even be family members. I mean, it was so sad what was happening. The division of people we thought were friends and family and uh, time and time, these stories. And we could come back to the digestive health of the people of planet Earth. And particularly how much have we been, uh, uh, you know, adopting this idea that toxic poisons don't matter and that uh, nutrition doesn't matter. And that if you have a problem like that, x can handle it or uh, some other, uh, you know, aggressive way, even if we go holistic, you can do cascara sagrada and, and, uh, Senna, and you can aggravate yourself into a, you know, bowel movement of some kind, but that's not normalization of function. That's more like an, a temporary intervention. Absolutely. And so internal wisdom is really focusing on the drainage funnels, opening up the pathways of removing blockages that are caused by all kinds of toxicities, you know, our water system, um, the plastics that we're eating, all of the hormones that are in our foods, the GMO, whatever you want to say, our, our environment, we live in a toxic environment. You're talking about epigenetics earlier. It's really about what our cells, every cell in our body is floating in and it becomes more and more bi- 
bogged down if our systems can't release. And we are dealing with physically, emotionally, mentally more than we ever have in the history of human that, you know, that we can record. And we have to be able to assist our bodies in removing that waste. And so that's where I found colon hydrotherapy or it found me because you don't seek to be a colon hydrotherapist. I didn't mean to walk away from my corporate you know, clinical world, but I did it because I was compelled to help others feel their best. And I knew that the solutions that the medical community at the time wasn't, wasn't able to offer me. And so colon hydrotherapy changed my life in such a profound way that I mm -hmm. walked away from corporate and opened internal wisdom back in 2010. So if, if uh, super Don went and saw a colon hydrotherapist, would that mean he wouldn't need a coffee enema eventually? You know, I think the whole world would be better off if we just put the coffee in the other end. <laughs> Now, which end are you referring to now? I'm confused. <laughs> yes, coffee enemas are, I, okay, so I'll have to say, I, I actually study with Dr. Gershon's daughter, uh, Charlotte, for coffee mm -hmm. enemas in the Gershon therapies. Mm -hmm. And um, it still took me four years to get the nerve up to do a coffee enema. Mm -hmm. Once I finally did it, it was game changer. Cause you, wow. it does, it is calming. It's soothing. It's definitely an opposite of what you do when you drink it. It's, mm -hmm. it, it's a vasodilator. So it opens up the liver. It helps it to purge, but there's a time and a place for that. Not everybody just can jump out and do. Well, I know yeah. you said it took what, four or five years before you're willing to try it. Yeah. Because it's almost 10 years now. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Ugh. You have to, you have to try at least once. Be open to the possibility. <laughs> there you go, Super Don. I'm just get, getting some encouragement here from our, our new guest. She's she's never going to let you back on the show. No, I know, I know, I know. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. Uh, so, by the way, the the website that uh, we're referring to, or Rochelle is talking about, internalwisdom.com, internalwisdom.com, and uh, it's got a mission statement, nice approach to health and things. Now. Is this mainly an online uh, support service or is it like, you know, colon hydrotherapy you can't do via Zoom? You know? No, not via not Zoom on that on. one. We have a wellness center um, in Folsom, California. It's, it's a it's a complete wellness center. So we have the infrareds, the red light. We have a hocket, which is carbonic acid and ozone steam sauna. Um, mm. We always start with opening up and questioning where that person is at as far as their detox journey and if they're absorbing their nutrients, utilizing epigenetic testing and energy testing, mm. um, not testing, assessments. And we really look at where that person is. And I'm looking from two containers, that person have enough energy to detox and where are they stuck? Um, and then detoxification. Mm. Now, pardon me for lack of geographical California knowledge. Where is Folsom, California? So we're halfway between San Francisco and mm. South Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. Up, up that direction. Is that closer to Sacramento? Uh-huh. We're about 20 miles um, outside of Sacramento in the suburbs there. Okay. Just want to get a location for people that didn't know. Because if you're already there, you know I'm just being a dunderhead about it, but uh, glad to know that you're there and doing amazing work. And uh, the idea of cleansing the colon is not new, something that you can see thousands of years of reference points to in what we call holistic medicine or modalities that were just considered normal, natural medicines that became abnormal or, you know, quackery, any a number of ways that they've described the things that have been going on for thousands of years in the era of modern medicine that believes it can poison everybody back to health. 
That's right. Col colon hydrotherapy has been around since Egyptian days. Um, they did it obviously not with a quite as fancy of equipment that we have today, but, and even in nature, birds help each other to relieve constipation. They knew and recognized that rich foods, uh, slower lifestyles, uh, not being as physically active, those did slow down the stress, slow down the bowel. So they understood that your digestive health was very uh, important to your overall health and well-being. Now, when in the 70s, when uh, more laxatives came on the scene, colon hydrotherapy itself, which was very popular, especially yeah. down in the LA, you know, Hollywood scene for wellness and skin health. And no, just really Joe, hold, hold that thought on colon hydrotherapy. We're going to talk more sure. about it on the other side of this break. Our friends yeah. at brighteon.tv got a break. We'll continue talking behind the scenes here at robertscabell.com where the power to heal is yours. I'll be right back. Okay. We still have uh, our audience that's at robertscabell.com and various social medias that we're not banned on. So we can talk a little bit behind the scenes until we're rejoined in a couple of minutes uh, on brighteon.tv and carry on. So, uh, but yeah, it's fascinating how your journey and to some degree parallels mine, although I never went into colon hydrotherapy, uh, but the reality is recognizing the digestive dysfunction so severe couldn't be denied because I was hospitalized for it. But at the same time, never was there a suggestion by the doctors when I was a kid and that happened. Maybe we should look at changing his diet. You know, maybe we could look at none, never. It was like nothing changed. Just keep doing what you're doing. And it took me, gosh, at least uh, 12, 14 other years of, of suffering with chronic inflammatory diseases before I realized there's got to be another way and found homeopathy and all the other things that I've embraced since then. So what yeah. a journey. Yeah. Well, and there's that, there's that physical aspect of constipation that is related to digest, uh, digestion of food and what your gut biome can tolerate or not tolerate, um, and then rebuilding the digestive system so that it can tolerate more. And more and more people just, they get off their foods and they're down to three or four foods. Oh, such a suffering there. Mm -hmm. Unnecessary. No, I think completely unnecessary, but apparently it was necessary for me to suffer enough to learn it <laughs> so I could teach others, maybe uh, uh, you as well. Obviously, it motivated you to do that uh, many years ago. Of course, uh, those longtime listeners know the, uh, you know the biggest thing I've presented on for many years is how to accelerate gut recovery health and you yeah. know protocol utilizing the bioactive silver hydrosol with aloe to drive into the gut to eradicate dysbiosis and upregulate regeneration of the epithelial lining that has been so inflamed and damaged and disrupted. It isn't right. just about putting the microbiome back in because if it's not the right home, it ain't going to live there or what lives there is going to alter because of pleomorphism. So it's a, a complex yet there are simple things we can do to correct it. Right. And well, and you've got those, the nerve endings in there too. So when you're constipated, that causes some anxiousness, right? So oh, our yeah. nerve, it gets locked into our DNA, not our DNA, but it locks mm -hmm. into our habits and patterns. So you have to reteach your digestive system to move and get the motility moving along. Not just three, two, one. All right. We're back <laughs> at it here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Rochelle Dardano is with us today, and we're talking all kinds of gut health issues, cleansing issues, and she is found at internalwisdom.com instead of crapforbrains.com. That's where the <laughs> medical people are. So internalwisdom.com, much better. Y'all check it out. And if you're in Folsom, uh, you can you can get some really good support in your rapid recovery. And there, Lord knows there's a lot of people in California that could use your services. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, it's um, it's fun. It's a, how do you get there faster, right? How do you help your body and assist your body with the hydration and and letting it go so that you can make more room for your truth to come in and your well being to come in? So. Yeah, that's it. I love it. You got the body, mind, spirit connectivity, recognizing the impact of the physical impaction, impacting your ability to have an emotional, healthy, uh, you know, relationships, even much less with yourself. And then the spiritual side of things, translating through a body that has become so corrupt, so toxic, so sluggish. It's it, it, it minimizes to some degree or a greater degree your ability, I believe, to have the joy that I think we're designed to have here while we're here. And certainly we all have challenges, but my gosh, we got to find some time for fun too. And you think, oh, I got time for fun, but like, oh, I got so many cramps in my, I'm bloated. I'm, uh, this was, you know, my young life. I found ways to manage it because I knew nothing else. Right. Avoided, you know, to find at my age in my mid fifties to do things I couldn't do in my teens, even considering the lack of digestive functional health that I had then. Uh, this is great. You know, yeah. the opportunity for joy and help, happiness and celebration. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't know that people didn't have gut pain all the time because I'd had it my entire life. And then I had a C-section with my twins that were born and it got even worse. And then I had, I wound up with cancer like we were just talking about. And I had a hysterectomy because that was all that was offered. I didn't know I had any other choice. It was, mm -hmm. I was made to feel like, like, well, you have to have it now. And you get the big C word and you get all freaked out and scared and you do things. And then after I was like, oh, I don't feel the same. I don't feel like the same person. And I, God put in a person to come into my life that introduced me to colon hydrotherapy. I didn't seek it out. In fact, when I went and researched it, I got all the scare stuff in that was on the internet. Like they could puncture your colon. It's, it's, it's really, really bad. A lot of my friends were physicians because I was in the lab industry. So I thought, what do you think about this? And they would say, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Did you ever try it? And they're like, no. So they didn't know anything about it, but yet they were telling me not to. It wasn't taught in medical school as a, an option or a good one, at least like quackery, like you said. Mm -hmm. And, but I was so suffering and so stuck that I was like, I was willing to try anything. And so yeah. I, I finally went, I actually booked the appointment three times before I showed up and actually went through with it. Wow. And it, and it took a three or four, I was so backed up. It took three or four sessions. Mm -hmm. And when it happened and I released, there was an emotional release that happened as well. Like, you know, when mm -hmm. you cry and you can't stop crying, you're like, <laughs> and you can't catch your breath cry. That's where I was. I was like, so much I was suppressing and holding down mm. and I didn't even realize it until the physical release happened and the, and the emotional release was able to come through. And removing so that's the, what yeah. we talk in homeopathy of removing the obstacle to cure, right? What's, what's in the way? Can we remove it and watch nature take its course? Watch what can happen when the floodgates open for healing. Yes. It means processing sometimes some very uncomfortable emotions as you describe. Uh, but it's a, a you know part of that process to come back to our senses. And what are those senses? The senses often, in a physical sense, come through the gut. Very innervated gut-brain connection, emotional, all of these things. And we don't realize how reliant we are on that microbiological world. And I'm talking microbiome as well, the bacteria, the bugs. Absolutely. We try Absolutely. to kill all the time, right? Uh, by the way, Jim is asking a question, and uh, I sometimes throw these words out, um, not often. And I think everybody knows that's my bad pleomorphism pleomorphism and that is basically given a, an environment 
let's say a healthy environment, you have certain bacterial species that grow and they live in harmony, for lack of a better way to say it. They have a balance. There's a, um, you know, a, a stasis, if you will, but a benefit. Everything's benefiting one another. Now, if you alter that environment, you change what grows there. In fact, bacteria are very capable of expressing DNA that what they weren't expressing. It's just kind of hanging out there and suddenly a new environment, they adapt and boom, they grow and they're different. They're not the mm-hmm. same thing. And so... Um, Chris Bird wrote a book, The Secret Life of Plants and the Secrets of the Soil, and eventually wrote The True Persecution and Trial of Gaston Assange. He talked about pleomorphism. It's like an insect can become a rose bush, basically. That is, depending on the environment, will determine what grows there. Kind of reminds me of my fair lady, or you know, that that you know, is it nature or nurture? You know, and and the idea here is to understand that when you have a certain environment, certain things grow there. If you poison that environment, other things grow there that they didn't have to be caught. They are just transforming the life forms there for their adaptation to survive. And we then call that a pathogenic life form. Not because it wants to kill you, but you've given it an environment in a toxicological burdened world that they're there, in fact, to try and process the toxic poisons. Now, they also may produce those things as well, and that creates this auto-intoxication and a worsening over time if you don't know what to do to correct the environment that, unfortunately, our medical brethren have never been trained on or very limited training on the terrain. Mm-hmm. It's all about poisoning the terrain for them and mm-hmm. forcing things to happen or suppressing things from happening with toxic poison. So it's an absurdity to begin with outside of acute trauma interventions for life-saving purposes to apply that for everything. And that's why what Rochelle does is so very important to save your life from doctors <laughs> who didn't know better. Absolutely. Well, and to learn for yourself too. I mean, we all look different. Our terrains are, there's some similarities obviously, but they're a little different. And depending on what our existing gut biome, how much antibiotics or stress that we've had in our lives, our biome's going to reflect that in that situation. In our, and we can change that, but it's not just physical, it's emotional, mental as well. So our thoughts and feelings and emotions our self-programming, our subconscious also influences that gut biome. It influences our nervous system. So it's not compartmentalized in a way. The gut affects everything. Mm -hmm. And it's the place to start when you're on a health journey. It's the place to check in when you need to tap into your truth and what's real for you. And um, so it's vitally important that we give more importance to its health and what that even looks like. And most people don't know. Most people don't know what brings them joy. Where is their truth? What is trusting their intuition? We've lost that connection. And so colonidotherapy therapy helped me and helps so many of my clients to reconnect to their authentic truth, reconnect to who they really are with compassion and self-love and an an, tolerance ability. Mm. Because we have to be able to hear each other and have differing opinions and be able to share in a way that's healthy. First, you know, the, the issue of communication, you know, I've been bringing that up, talking about how come people can't talk to one another if, you know, if they disagree with one another. Why is that so, you know, we can't do that. And I thought about this many years ago, and I haven't said it often, maybe not often enough, is that if you are not trained in listening to your own body, your own body cells, what makes you think you're going to be good at listening to anybody else? And how are you going to ever have genuine relationships and friendships? Especially if your cells go, hey, I disagree what you're putting into me. Stop eating that crap. 
<laughs> and you're like, yeah. you shut, you shut your mouth. And then you start putting toxic poisons in drugs to suppress their symptoms that are just trying to say, Hey, you're doing it wrong. And then we hear other people and we shut them down because we don't right. like their message when they might genuinely be trying to help. We don't know because we don't listen to our own selves. And so that may be an answer to my question from time to time when I ask is like, what went wrong? How, you know, Rochelle, where you're, where you're at more corrective of all the divisions in our culture than just about anything else by clearing the colons of people in California, we could save the world. Colon, colon, liver, sweating. Absolutely. Because it's blocked. It's holding us into a, a and I, I, this is a really maybe out there. I'm not sure mm -hmm. what you're going to think about this too, but I think that the gut biome, they mm -hmm. have their own agenda mm -hmm. and it's to survive. Everything on the planet, right? Survival, survival, survival. And if we have our terrain where there, the, the, there's a purpose for good buggies and bad buggies, but they need to be in the right order. Mm -hmm. They need to be in, kept in check so that they can have a, a symbiotic relationship as, a, as yeah. opposed to a, a battle. And so we're battling inside just like well, we are in the world. So it's like a reflection. It's total yeah. reflection. And yeah. so each person is responsible for their own gut biome. Let's clear it up. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's take mm -hmm. care of our internal environment so that our external environment can start to improve because we can't focus on anything else. Right. If, you, you if know, we don't clean up your own house first, before you start complaining about anybody else's and Amen. you know, you look at the environmental movement, how often are they taking a, you know, what, honestly, <laughs> what are they eating? Oh, well, I'm a vegan. Really? Are you eating GMO tofu? What are you eating? And, and so tell me how environmentally friendly you are. And I know that's calling out hypocrisy. I try to stay away from that, but I got to do it here. And they don't know because they don't, they were never trained. We were as a culture and much of the West has been predominantly taken off course by, uh, you know, uh, a, a predominantly, um, how would we say a toxicologically burdened, insane asylum that is known as the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Everything is evidence of a toxic poison deficiency, a drug deficiency. And we continue to replace what is genuinely nurturing to us. And that includes, I would believe, the love of creation and God uh, with something that kind of satiates it, but in a, in, a, in a pale, hollow way. But we keep reaching for that because we've abandoned that deep spiritual connection, which I believe also, as you pointed out, body, mind, and spirit it's impacted by the physiological realities when we do the wrong thing, even if we don't know it, even in ignorance, which I did for much of my young life. My parents didn't know, and I had to find this out. You found it out after a lot of trauma and tragedy in your own physiological health, but here you are doing extraordinary work despite what you've been through or maybe because of what you've been through. Well, and I think it is because I think we're all on a, on a journey of learning. And, and if we're paying attention to the signals, the signals get louder. And when they get loud enough, you can't tolerate it anymore. And it causes you to have a shift and look open up to something different that I might not have been open to when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So my health journey happened for a reason the way I did, did it. And I have that much more opportunity to hold space for other people mm -hmm. going through it. And so I've gained that valuable insight. Um, and we have to hold space for one another in community. And so I have been, when I first started doing, um, 
internal wisdom and holding the space for others to clear their vessel or their mm -hmm. temple, I like to say. Yeah. Um, we, I was uh, afraid because I came from the medical industry and it wasn't in mainstream and it needed to be, but I didn't know how to go about introducing it. And so I went and talked to all, all the gastros in town and, and wow. completely got shut down. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, a, it was like slam. I was a quack all of a sudden. Yeah. And so I just went about doing what I needed to do, but I really feel like we're at a precipice. There's a time for a change now. And, and there's yeah. more of us that need us talk out. Check out the, see if you can read that. The title of the chapter that I think is the most important chapter of unlock the power to heal that I wrote with Ty Bollinger. The road to colostomy bags is paved with antibiotics and prednisone. <sighs> and when you talk to all these gastroenterologists and you bring that up, they're like, Oh, mm -hmm. they just kind of look the other way. It's like, oh yeah, mm, it's an uncomfortable uh, truth. But you point out that they're the ones engaged in quackery. I don't mean that they mean harm, but that's what they're trained to do. And we have got to go beyond that limited training, which is destructive of the health that people desire. They don't know. And there are so many other options, but they have not been anything but relegated to the the outskirts of reality and 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 derive you know uh, called derogatory names etc what you do is as valuable as i said anything that we can do in the holistic health field or any field of, of a healing endeavor uh by the way jim says he's a longtime vegan i'm not i'm not ratting on you jim i'm just talking about there are some vegans that you go dude what are you eating i mean that's not even close to organic and it's genetically modified and it's, it's so far from real food but if you're doing well jim god bless you you know that's my point is i'm not call on everybody out on that. If it's working for you, keep going. And if it doesn't, then be open to what might just in case. And that's true for everybody. So. Well, and be open to what might have worked for a little while doesn't necessarily work. I right. teach eating clean and, and mindfully listening to your body. And what is it that energetically is serving you? If you start being vegan and you feel a lot better, fantastic. Keep clean vegan, mm -hmm. not junk food vegan. Right. Um, and then if you're carnivore, same thing. Make sure your meat is sustainable yes. and that it's good quality, not crap yeah. meat. And yeah. dun, dun, dun. sorry, yeah. can I say that? <laughs> so, so and if it serves you for a little while, it might be better. Everybody mm -hmm. needed that. But then once your body, you got to listen to your mm -hmm. own internal wisdom. If you don't want that food anymore, if it needs to shift, be open yeah. to shifting. For, for Trying sure. it. I got to pause for a moment. Don't go away. I'm going to come back because we got some questions today. I want you joining in with me on that, if you don't mind. Hey, uh, I do want to say, I got to say thank you to some of the supporters that we have, as well as the upcoming events. Uh, so Super Don, before we do the QOTD, uh, let's go to the upcoming events tab just to remind everybody of what is coming up. Those of you watching on brighteon.tv, you might not have heard my interview in hour one with Trinity School of Natural Health founder Julie, well, founder, her dad founded it, but uh, Julie Whitman Klein and uh, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. So you look on the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com, scroll down, you'll see that's 18th and 19th of February. By the way, the 18th of February is also in the evening in uh, Glendale, I believe it is, California, outside of L.A., uh, a fundraiser for Jonathan E. Morton. I will be there for that. So my, all you, my friends in Southern California, come on down. Let's get together with Jonathan E. Morton. Go to emord4va.com. You'll check it out. All right, scroll down below that. Uh, we'll see what's coming up next after the Health Freedom Expo. And there's the Next Steps Conference, the 22nd through the 25th. And uh, next-steps.info. On the 21st, uh, there'll be actually a Nurse Freedom Network event there in Buford, Ohio, Buford um, Georgia, Lake Lanier Islands. And this is a uh, transformative. My mom's going to be there for at least a couple of days. For those of you who haven't met mom, Mickey, 
at 89. She's dancing again. Thanks as well to uh, my friend Babry, who has got the Folium PX supercharged antioxidant, Chernobyl level antioxidant. There's an online Love Your Liver event, as you can see here. There's a That's talk an Andrew Kaufman event. We're going to actually have him on. Uh, Yay. Talk yeah, we haven't that. had Andy on in a long time. Uh, Dr. Kaufman's amazing. We love him. And that's a big uh, terrain to focus, loving your liver. Toxic Mold Masterclass coming up as well. These are online events as well. We do have a big event with our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, a body, mind, uh, soul restoration event. I believe it'll be April 1st and 2nd, technically, in Clearwater, Florida, on the beach. And remember, Nutritional Frontiers makes all of their formulas available to you, the Robert Scott Bell Show family, at a 15% discount with the code RSB15, RSB15, including on-sale items. We're going to have more events to announce, but I don't have a confirmation with that. But this one is in uh, Utah coming up in April, uh, Salt Lake City area, Sandy, Utah, uh, BeHealthyUtah.com. And then the Goody Farms Homestead RSB Family Union, July 14th through 16th. That's going to be amazing. Food and uh, pie and more pie. Organic, of course. <laughs> and, uh, uh, that's, and Leslie, who also hosts the Stay at Home Mom podcast on the Robert Scott Bell uh, Podcast Network. Uh, yep. You'll love that. That's coming up. And then we have the Las Vegas Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th. And I'll be uh, keynoting that as well as uh, doing some uh, panel discussions. So if you want to head to Vegas in September, those are just a few of the events. We'll be adding more upcoming events. Uh, and remember, foliumpx.com. My mom is now dancing again at 89. Thanks to the three-pronged approach, foliumpx.com. Use the code RSB10 to get 10% off. All right, Rochelle, you ready to do some questions of the day? Sure. All right, Super Don, let's bring them up. And uh, let's see what's the first one here as we move to it. Go full screen if you don't mind. This one's from Dean. Hi, Robert. I've watched you on a couple of docu-series and really like what you have to say. I was diagnosed with AFib, atrial fibrillation, a few over a year ago. I'm very confused as to why. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm not overweight. I'm in great shape. I eat mostly a vegan diet, some fish and eggs periodically, moderate exercise six days a week. However, in September of 2021, I got COVID pretty bad. Then in November, I was in an accident and broke my back and messed up my face pretty bad. I was told I needed a tetanus shot. So I took it under duress. And of course, it's not just tetanus. It's tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis. Uh, a month later, I was diagnosed with AFib. So wondering if the broken back, the tetanus shot, and, uh, and the COVID jab, infection, didn't say jab, was something to do with it. I take all kinds of supplements now, including Cardio Miracle, as well as eat uh, very clean. However, I started my vegan journey about a year before the COVID back issue. And I'm now wondering, since I stopped my meat intake, if I lack copper. Ah, that's an interesting revelation there, isn't it? Do you have any other suggestions for me to address AFib? Wish you, I wish you took patience and I could do teleconference. Anyway, look, pray on it and, and reach out to me. If you can't find anybody to help you, I, I'll talk to you. I, it's part of my mission. Um, so she, he mentioned copper, and I, I think copper deficiency is a big thing related to electrical conductivity of the heart and everything because people have been doing so much zinc and vitamin C uh, without even getting into things like colon hydrotherapy, that they've dropped zinc, that, I'm sorry, they've dropped uh, copper. And so I agree, uh, copper may be uh, playing a role there. But what do you think in terms of AFib? I've, I've seen constipation manifest as uh, tachycardias and different things in terms of heart or abnormalities or arrhythmias. Absolutely. Hydration as well as maybe a factor, but you've got energy flow that's broken. You've got a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. And whether you have a vaccination or if you get COVID, there seems to be this flare up of whatever's underlying existing. And it seems like it's like pulling up the dust, whatever's in your body from a terrain perspective, kind of think of everything's just not settled down anymore. Mm -hmm. And so um, I use a thing called Ness Health, which is a bioenergetic scan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and what I would look at is where is the body sending energy from that scan? It's super easy. You can do it via voice. And it's, it's quite interesting and in that the body oftentimes needs support in some other area that seems mm-hmm. often unrelated to what he's experiencing, like not just go right for the heart. It might be hydration. It might be how many bowel movements is he having? And is there um, another nutrient or mm-hmm. toxicity that's interfering in, in a terrain? I mean, we're talking about, you, you about a nest scan voice analysis. Is this something that uh, let's say Dean could reach out to, even if he's not in Folsom, California remotely? Absolutely. I work with people all over the world using that okay. system. So uh, Dean, if you're listening, uh, go over and check it out. Rochelle has a, you know, an ability to c- consult with you remotely. And uh, the website uh, is internalwisdom.com, internalwisdom.com. And if she can do these skins remotely, that gives another option. Carrie mentions the question of parasites. I agree. Parasites have a, a, an impact on uh, heart ryth- arrhythmias as well. Um, magnesium deficiency can often play a role there, but magnesium also works with copper and mitochondrial production of ATP, which is, again, energy. Right. And that energy, the heart, is going to be misfiring as well. Whether the nerve system is involved, it is involved as well. So thank you for assisting with that, Rochelle. We have a, another question coming in here real quick. We're doing well. This is from Jill. Hi, Robert. I respect your work and appreciate your radio style. Oh, that's very nice. I got mm-hmm. style. Now, Super Don, you hear that? I got style. <laughs> I heard you on... I don't know what to make of that, but okay. I heard you on one of Jonathan Otto's docu-series refer to urine therapy. I think I heard you say that urine could be made into a homeopathic form. In fact, I think you said it had been used on soldiers. Is that correct? If so, how can that be done? I hope you can talk about this. I'm especially interested in stem cells. I think many people would be willing to take urine in this manner. Okay. Super Don, um, who was it that now- got some- if we talk about urine therapy, you know what, know? though? I have an idea. I mean, is that true that you could do the urine therapy in a homeopathic form? Yes, I talk about that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So listen, listen, Here, here's right. here's the deal I'm going to make you then. Okay. If you can do urine therapy in a homeopathic form, yeah. I will do a homeopathic coffee enema. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to discuss okay. this. Okay. I mean, is that a fair deal? Yeah, but that what you're doing is deluding. No, 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 no. It's a, we'll, we'll just leave it as a yes. Okay, thank you. All right. We're good. All right. <laughs> Moving All right. right along. No Moving. pun intended. You're in a hurry. Okay, so we have, <laughs> we have the ability to take your urine and through a, a process of serial dilution and succussion, that is, you, you convert it into a homeopathic form. The reference to soldiers wasn't that they use urine therapy on soldiers, although they might have. It was the fact that the Russian general Korsakov developed a, a technique to produce homeopathic medicines while on the battlefield, while you're not in your own lab and in controlled, super controlled environment. And that involves something called the cohesion tension. Uh, I don't think it's a theory, but it's a, it's a, a fundamental property of water. For instance, if you ever look, look at a beaker of water or even a glass of water, you pour it in, you shake it about, you dump it out and you look at the glass, there's still water attached to the glass, you know, cohesion tension, it holds to the glass. So there's still some element of that. So what you would do is you would take, you know, a given amount of urine in, in water or even just dump the wa- urine out. You'll see there'll be, and I'm not trying to gross anybody out. I'm just telling you that there'll be some left attached to the glass. Now add appropriate amount of water. And now we're talking about shaking it up. So don't shake the water. I'm just, it's more than a glass of water, but something that contains, shake it vigorously a hundred times, dump the water out. And then what's left is 
what considered a 1K or you know the Korsakoff method, repeat that, boom, shake it, to the point where there's literally no urine left in terms of uh, Avogadro's number. But now you have the essence of it, the homeopathic signature, and yes, now you can take it internally, and you won't have the gross factor, the ick factor of people that say, I don't want to drink that stuff, but also stem cells that are known to occur in urine as well could be enhanced and benefited by the dynamization process. Rochelle, anything to add to that? You're really talking about the energies of um, anything, really, that can be diluted down and you're getting the essence of it. The body recognizes the signers, signature mm -hmm. as an essence. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's about giving a little bit of poison, like you, it sometimes could be medicine. Yeah, like your body is like, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, so it's, for yeah. those that are offended by drinking their own urine, I understand it. Again, I can't deny that my aunt, who's in her 90s, has been doing it for decades. She's still alive and she's been through a lot. So what am I going to say? And others that claim it and proclaim that it's been used for centuries. Still, a lot of people are going, no, it doesn't sound right to me. The point is, if you feel like the like cures like and the law of similars concept can kick into gear, you can utilize that which your body is expelling through the urine. Take it into a different form so that you don't have the ick factor, but yet you're going to benefit by the energies, if you will, the information, the signaling, the communication via homeopathic principle. That's the point of this. Absolutely. We have a, I have a colon hydrotherapist that swears by it that works at my center and we're just not, we don't talk about it at mm -hmm. internal wisdom. So it's ironic that it's coming yeah. up in my in this interview. It's cracking me up right now. All right, Ro Rochelle, uh, you've been amazing. You're welcome back anytime. Uh, awesome. I don't have to say anything. You can just let, I can let loose and you can let loose and, and it's a great time. And I appreciate you being on, on board today. So everybody Absolutely. check her out internal wisdom, uh, com and Rochelle Dardano, Dardano. I think I said it right. You did. Uh, welcome to the Robert Scabell show family. Thank you very much. All right, y'all. Well, we got a whole other round of bonus coming up after the show. And, uh, those of you on uh, brighton.tv, you want to come on over to robertscabell.com, see us there. It's a 60 second pause and we kick it back into gear talking about all the things that are in the chat room, other things we didn't cover. Thank you all for being here. God bless you. And, uh, Remember, the power to heal is most definitely yours. Okay. Uh, I, now, I've got to press Super Don for what he was talking about with homeopathic coffee enemas. What did you actually mean by that? So I, I don't misunderstand or misconstrue anything. I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, is there like a way you could do a homeopathic uh, coffee enema? See, and this is what it brought to mind for me. Okay. Is you're still going to have to do an enema. It's just the coffee will be diluted to the point of not almost not being there. So it isn't coffee that you're objecting to. It's the enema that you're objecting to, isn't it? Let's be honest about what really. Oh, you mean you can't it. just like somehow like take a coffee enema and, and create a homeopathic form of it? No, because basically what you're doing is converting co what, which coffee is coffee accruda, for and instance. I put the converting. coffee in like a container, yeah. right? And then yeah. I'll dump out the coffee. Yeah. And then the coffee. Little bit will be around on the container, right? So then yeah, I'll put so water in it. Method, and then yeah. as I'm shaking a hundred times, I can say enema, 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 and then like That's project the energy of the enema into the water as I'm shaking it. It's about the direction of entry. And I'd recite some kind of like quantum energy frequency that I could I could That's like That's not how this works. Could, That's not how I any of this works. To the enema <laughs> and then I could like pour it out and then shake it some more. You know that wouldn't work. No. You love trying to do help people and this is what you do. <sighs> you, I think I got I had to try. I mean all I, the way I, off course. 
I thought I saw an open there, but no, you won't. Yeah, the opening is the one you don't want uh, in this case. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, good lord. All right, All right fine. We tried. we tried. Anyway, hope y'all enjoyed that discussion. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, uh, Leslie is all on board with what you're saying, though. What am I going to say? The intention. Is you everything. know what? Listen, I, I'm just, I, I can always, if nothing else, fall back on the, mm -hmm. uh, the advice that I was given by the late, great Christopher Barr. Not a doc. He yeah. said that I, uh, I could just use the uh, can, can dust, dust mm -hmm. and that would be yeah. sufficient. And that's a big selling point for some people. It is. And the can just is a wonderful product. And you can get that from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com. And that is, have uh, you ever run into a situation with a can just that is like sits there for so long that it gets like hard as a rock. Yeah. You got to put it back like in a mortar and pestle and crunch it back down. Into so the as mouth. long as you break it up, it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah. not like just obviously sometimes a little bit of moisture can get into Correct. things, yeah. but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, ruin it or, yeah, or as it's not 20 years old, but I mean, yeah, yeah. It, okay. it's obviously a, a condensation, a little moisture got in there. Gotcha. Right. You just crunch it back down, however you do it. It's too bad it tastes like. Some people don't mind it. Some people are averse like to dirt. it. Dirt. <laughs> don't some people put like something in it, though, to kind of like they put. Is it okay to put like some sort of like stevia or. I'd have no problem with that. No, that won't I don't hurt think there's no problem with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. James calls it dirt tea. Yeah, exactly. It That's is. Totally. <laughs> Leslie it up and like, that in it. that's interesting like opening up some old egyptian tomb or something it's like <laughs> i can smell ramses the third in this container here oh you're you're a good salesman for uh that but yes. uh, it's not that bad my wife well, drinks it every day so you know what here's the thing i i i'm weird because i like doing um we'll stop on the wheat, weird part yeah. wheat, wheat grass shots yeah, and other people just be like, like "Oh my god!" They just want to like you know vomit. You know, it's know. For some people. There's something something about it I like. I can do it. I have no problem with that. Wheat grass shots, not a problem. Anywho, yeah. So, all right. What else we got today? What else is coming up? Bonus right. We talked about urine therapy. Who was it that we got to apologize to? Was it Lorelai or who was it that was it like? Was so, you know, and she wrote me back. You know, it's it's not we weren't like throwing her under the bus. Yeah, I mean, we we outed her accidentally. I understand, uh, and I didn't disagree with her. It was mm -hmm. just like, what? Yeah, people do what? Yeah, it's you know, a, no, radically different, shocking thing to hear. I, Anybody does if you've never yeah. heard. And so uh, we don't make it a habit. It's not our core uh, philosophy. At the same yeah. time, I you know, from time to time, if a question comes up, we want to honor those who ask the question. And, and Lorelai. Dude, some people are really into. It. I mean, it was. Oh, yeah. It's like they're they're just proselytizing uh, urine therapy all over the world, and it's, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not for me, but yeah. um, you know, yeah. whatever <sighs> you want to do, more power to you. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Steven says, "LOL, Super Don, you could create a homeopathic coffee enema while reciting quantum frequencies and offer that to clients, but they may consider you as a certified woo-woo practitioner." <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh! All right, Jim asked. He's really into pleomorphism today, Jim. I love that. Does the endocannabinoid system have an effect on pleomorphism? Well, anything that impacts the terrain of the body will impact again what grows there. So. 
indirectly, I don't know that has a direct impact, but indirectly, yeah, because there's a lot of benefit to all the things that when the endocannabinoid system is nourished, how it benefits a healthier system. So I would say it would facilitate healthier growth, if you will, there. Jim references CBDs helping children with gut issues. And yeah, I agree completely. Uh, we do have a uh, uh, certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD from our friends at Nutritional Frontiers, and that is uh, CBDNF.com. The same RSB15 code works to get you 15% off any and all of the Nutritional Frontier products. Uh, so take advantage of that, including the uh, the uh, NRDMG, which is an immune product, but also binds, helps to kind of uh, eliminate the, the greatest danger associated with glyphosate ingestion. You may not know you're in, in, ingesting the active ingredient of Roundup. And so that NRDMG has become a, a standby product for us as well. So check that out too. Let's see. Wheatgrass juice from an ancient wheat is a lot sweeter due to its carb content being almost twice that of an hybrid. ancient wheat. Ancient wheat. Yes. Ancient wheat. What is ancient wheat? You know, every once in a while, I'll hear some commercial, somebody selling a supplement and it's made with ancient herbs. Or, or ancient grains. All right. I'm just like, what? Well, Chris gives an example right away. Kamut. Kamut. Grass. So in, a, in other words, it's a grain that was used a long time ago. Yeah. It hasn't been hybridized. As opposed to what? Like the hybridized wheat of the modern era. They've really altered it. The, I know, the, but the, I mean, yeah. What do you I mean? Think, I, th I think it's more of a buzzword, to, like a. People think like they're getting something that's like, oh, it's an ancient grain. Oh, that means it's really good for me because the yeah. pharaohs used it or something. You know, it's like, dude, it's just something that grows out of the ground. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, maybe, when was the last time you had some ancient cow? Maybe oh, I had some ancient meat. You know, <laughs> guess what? They ate cows and chickens and stuff like that thousands of years ago. We don't call it ancient chicken. <laughs> you know, I mean, ancient grains. <laughs> I, I, I can't even, I can't deal with you today, Super Don. I just, think, I just think it's silly. I think it's, it's but ancient. It's, it's a bit marketing, but let's just say you were to find some Kamut in, in, in uh, the ancient pyramid. Can I say the pyramid is ancient? Yeah, uh, well, and it then, is. Yeah. yeah, let's just say you sprouted that Kamut from a pyramid in Egypt from a thousand years, two thousand years or more ago. Would you consider that to be an ancient grain? In that case, just want to know the if parent. you found it in the tomb yes. and you ate it and it yes. sat there for two thousand years, yes, because yes. it's ancient. Okay, but if it I grew yesterday to... out in the field, it's not an want... ancient grain. I just, I just grew sure. that. I just yeah. want to be sure. That's all right. All now, right. <laughs> others. Chris is mentioning einkorn, emmer, spelt, camut, and triticale. I don't even know how to pronounce that one. Um, yeah. Anyway, Bolden's in amaranth, but he says it's not really a grain. All right. Well, let's just say grains that haven't been super hybridized to modern level corruption. How about that? Hmm. Not as catchy, but that's, I think, what it means in reality. Whatever. Okay. Did we miss any articles or announcements or, or anything today, or did we do okay on stuff? I think we, we did all right. I think we yeah. did all right. We hit the upcoming events. You mentioned Nutritional Frontiers. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Folium PX. Okay. Um... Yeah, dude. Uh, show went by quick today. Oh, quick, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great. Sorry, sorry about the um, Brideon thing. I didn't. Oh yeah, we were halfway <laughs> through the intro for Brideon. We were like, thirty oh, yeah. seconds into, it, but whatever. That was a treat. Anyway, we we managed. It was fine. Uh, let's see. Leslie wants to know what you ate before the show today. 
Anything unusual? You know what I had? I had leftovers from, uh, let's see, I think we're on day two. My Mm -hmm. wife, you remember remember I mentioned the uh, Amish chicken recipe? Yeah, Yeah, she made it a couple nights ago, and so I had that for breakfast. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good. Yeah, I bet. Super good. Mm. So, yeah. The last last, um, piece of pie, my, my daughter took it. I didn't eat it fast enough. She took it to school today. I'm so bummed. <sighs> One more piece and I lost it. I didn't act fast enough. See, that's my problem. I won't eat it just to eat it. If I'm well, if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat it. And I, last night I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm full. I don't need to eat it. And then there, that's what I did. I lost. I snoozed. I lost. <laughs> Which I did. I went to bed instead of eating pie. But it was an amazing pie. Blueberry, sour cream, organic, all. Leslie, I'm just anxious for the next pie from you now that I've used up the one for my wife. So anyway, um, we'll have to wait till July though for the family union. Maybe. That'd be a bummer. All right. Hey, by the way, uh, back to the, uh, the, the workouts I'm real. Like I said, last week, the end of last week, I was finally feeling like I was back from all of the, uh, inconsistency because of the travel trips and being knocked out at least a week. Right. And, and definitely feeling like, oh, yeah, my body remembers I'm back. And, th- and this morning I did the challenge of the week, although I should have done it without my glasses because it was, you know, taking you had uh, two dumbbells and uh, you go down into a push up position. But instead of pushing up, you're doing uh, what do you call the, the the rows, the side rows. So you go one, two, and then you jump up from a squat and go you know full on with the dumbbells up. Do that for three minutes straight. And three times I had to stop because my glasses were falling off when I went down. <laughs> Uh, but I still got 30 and, and as of today, I'm in the lead for the challenge of the week. I haven't done it in a while. Uh, and I don't care if I win or not, but I'm, but I did say to Rachel, the trainer, I said, if I hadn't worn my glasses, I probably would have gotten 33. I'm just saying, but for now I'm going to go with that, but I was feeling pretty good again. Glad to be back just in time to hit some more travel trips. Uh, did I confirm to you that I will be at the Glendale Fundraiser for Jonathan E. Moore, L.A. area, 18th of February. I heard you talk about it, but okay. you didn't, like, officially confirm it with me. Okay. Saturday. Yeah, when, when is it? Saturday the 18th. Coming so, up here. Okay. Yeah. And um, that's at 7 o'clock uh, Pacific time at, at a, a place in Glendale, California. Uh, let's see. Let me go in also to... There's another one in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm going to see if I can pull that up because I'm I'm planning to be there for that one as well. Glendale is the 18th. That's correct. And then uh, he's adding some new ones here. Where's that one in Santee? Bethesda. Where's the one in uh, Arizona? Did I miss that one? Oh, Glendale. Oh, there it is. Okay, it's called Santee. It's um, the 6th of March. What day is the 6th of March? Can you tell me that? Because I don't even know what day of the week that is. Hold on. I'm saving the uh, the Glendale thing here on the calendar. So save. Send. Yeah. And so I'm going to be right. busy. You said day, March so. what? Uh, March the 6th. March 6th is a Monday. Okay. So that Monday, I will have to probably fly in on set Sunday to be there and we'll broadcast on Monday from Scottsdale probably. And I believe who is hosting that one in Scottsdale is the paleocardiologist. Jack Wilson? Yeah, Dr. Jack Wolfson. All right. So that's going to be awesome. So all my friends in the Phoenix, Arizona area, if you're down in Tucson or if you're up there in uh, what other areas north of uh, 
Phoenix, you know, all the way up to uh, where's the vortex, the the new age vortex. Where's that? What city is that? I don't know. Uh, Arizona. Come on, you're supposed to be up on those things. Why? Special portal city or the you know sweet, all kinds of fun stuff. No, anybody? <laughs> anybody in the chat room know what I'm talking about? The vortex in Arizona. Yeah. Who's going to catch that before? This could have been a, a fun trivia question for an AMA giveaway. Sedona. Diana. Sedona. There it is. Yeah. What is a vortex in Sedona? Visit Sedona.com. Yeah. Okay. Diana said Swedona, but it's Sedona. I know what you meant. Uh, but yeah, if you come, come on down to Scottsdale for that event. That's the 6th. That's a Monday. And let's see me go back to that. It looks like it'll be at 5.30 p.m. Mountain time. We're usually done at 3.30 Mountain Time, uh, so we should be fine to broadcast and everything. What is a vortex? A vortex. Vortexes are thought to be a swirling center of energy that is conducive to healing, meditation, and self-exploration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. And, it, and, of course, that's the key to homeopathic medicine. When you create the dynamization process, the succussion I was talking about, it creates little vortices in the water. And mm-hmm. uh, those are powerful in nature, what they can do. Okay. So those are some upcoming events. Can you add that one um, for March 6th also into the calendar or whatever? It's, it's, they're already there. Thank you. And you that was great. Rochelle was awesome today as well. <clears throat> Indeed. And, and tomorrow and we Julie have... Julie Whitman-Klein was bringing it today, wasn't Julie Whitman-Klein was awesome. She was refreshed from her Florida trip. She was as like always. Very exciting. So tomorrow we should have the guys from Nutritional Frontiers on. Yeah, all right. First Let's Tuesday continue. of the month, an hour or two. Cool. And then in hour one, we have Nicole Zwirin. Ah, uh, yeah. She's got a new documentary film about the, uh, I guess, birthing. Isn't it like the the how they've changed birthing into a, a disease? Like the medical uh-huh. model of birthing? But I'm actually featured in that documentary. She goes really? Way back. Yeah. Yeah. She goes about way back. Interviewed you for that. Yeah. Okay. I, she uh she goes way back into the Liam Chef days. She was good pals with Liam, and we all did stuff in the L.A. She was there, and she was at all the Long Beach Health Freedom Expo. Oh, here we go. Filmmaker and sound engineer turned electrician, Nicole's mission was to document the truth about natural birthing mm-hmm. and all the concerns that mothers have when they want the best for their unborn children. Nicole wants women to have a chance to have a good out-of-hospital birth in her latest film, Maternal Intuition, a natural-born documentary. Yeah. Cool. We need to reach okay. out to, uh, to Joni Abbott because she's all about that too. Let her know right. what's going on. <clears throat> but Nicole's amazing. And there's an opportunity to support the film tomorrow. Uh, we'll have links in, as well, but that's going to be a good, good one as well. All right. Uh, let's see what else is happening here. Cardio miracle. If y'all ain't on it, I'm looking at the, the, all the people that are in the red zone up in the, you know, when I'm at the workout, I'm like, you need cardio miracle. You need cardio miracle and you need cardio miracle. So y'all check that out and you can get down to the green and yellow zone with me. In the final uh, round of nine today, I didn't want to have to do 10. I was kind of late because we had a recording session scheduled that got canceled because of internet issues uh, out of England. Uh, but I went to work out a little bit late, so I didn't have a lot of extra time. So uh, Rachel, my trainer buddy was there. She, uh, I said, I'm in round nine and nor- usually round nine is an ab round. And anytime you lay down and do abs, I, it's hard for me to get my heart rate up. 
It's just not like a big cardiovascular move. It's more of a strength move. And I'm like, I need to get to my pulse points. I want my 60 pulse points. And she's like, all right, here, do this. And so I was doing, what do you call those things? You get, uh, let's say I got hired. Just a, can't think of the name where you're like mountain climbers or mountain climbers. If you, you know, those things where you get down on all fours, but you're on your feet, not your knees. And you're, you're, you're like, you're climbing a mountain. You're holding your hands in place and you're running in place in a sense. Those, those can work. Yeah. But then she gave me some like friction things to put on my feet. So I couldn't do it fast. I had to really work it with the muscles, but I was able to get the 60 pulse points. No problem in the, in the, in the ninth round. I was wiped by then. That was a good one. All right. So that's more than you wanted to know. I know. But anyway, <laughs> my wife also wants to know what you have eaten today because she says you're funny and ornery today, all in one pack. Am I really? Or to my just, wife. Just reacting to. Just being super, Don. That's all. Nothing abnormal. I have good days and bad days. No, they're all good days. I mean, some are more curmudgeonly than others, I admit. <laughs> curmudgeonly? Curmudgeonly. Curmudgeonly. All right. Yeah. That's not a new word. You know curmudgeon. No. Okay. It's not urbanity. Yes. Did we ever find out the official definition of I urbanity? Didn't, I didn't look it up. No. Yeah. And thanks a lot to Michael Bolden for not giving us the definition, making us have to look it up. I mean, we want to be handed stuff easy. Urbanity is yeah. suavity. That's another one I, didn't, I haven't used before. Suavity. Courteousness and refinement of matter. manner. Ah. Refinement of manner. So even though mm. urban was the root, it had nothing to do with being an urban location. How about I that? I see. A little Thurston Howell the Third there showing <laughs> Grant, his urbanity. Granted, granted, Bolden didn't come up with that quote. It was a quote from somebody else, but still he used it. So he had to know what it meant. Or it could be as being urban and in a town, you want urbanity. Now it's got multiple uh, possibilities mm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, I think we've had a great show today. That's yeah, a good, good start to the week. I'm thrilled about it. So thank Indeed. you to Julie Whitney Fine. Thanks you to Rochelle. And uh thank you to y'all all y'all for being here and all the enjoyment. Thank you to uh our stay-at-home mom for doing an amazing podcast every week. And I don't know where Ula and her husband are today. They have their podcast. They have theirs. So now uh, just to give you a sneak peek, I believe tomorrow. Yeah. The episode of Stay at Home Mom. Yeah. Will have something to do with getting run over by a tire. That's pretty vague. Who gets run over by a tire? You have to tune in to find out. And are they but, okay? Uh, uh, you'll have to tune okay. in to find out. Somebody well, got run over by a, I think it was like a truck tire or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you definitely want us to tune in to find out what happened. <laughs> Film at 11. It's way more interesting than uh, uh, shooting down a balloon, I think. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wait. Is, is this, when is the State of the Union address? Is it tomorrow? I don't know. Anybody know? Obviously, we're paying careful attention. <laughs> I think, oh, a semi-tire. There she is. She says, yes. Well, she gave it away. Uh, Apparently, uh, yeah. Not good. Leslie got, got run over by a semi-tire. We get, you know what? You're supposed find to find all, uh, find out all about it tomorrow. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I think Whoa, the state of the union is tomorrow. Okay. We'll be sure not to tune in. It'll be embarrassing. I wish not, but there you go. Got some state pictures. Of the union address tomorrow, February 7th, six o'clock mm -hmm. Pacific time. 
We'll talk about it on Thursday with uh, Jonathan E. Martin, unless it's something really good and we can't wait. All right. State of the regime, Stephen said. Yes. Very appropriate. All right, y'all. Go on. Carry on with your day. Thanks for joining us and being such an awesome part, making this thing go, 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 and hyping Super Don up to the level of accepting coffee enemas in homeopathic form. Absolutely. Bring it on. He's never going to live that one down. We got it on tape. Wait, not tape. It's digitized for all to see forever and ever and ever. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We had a good show today. Appreciate you participating. We'll see you guys tomorrow.